0: Hit record, bitch. I already hit record. I win. Now. Okay. No, I won. I won it hitting record.
1: Oh, my God. That's it. So- I am I- already
0: miles ahead of you on this one.
1: Wow. This is, uh, you're, uh, <laughs> I'm dealing with competitive Stephanie right now.
0: She doesn't show up a lot, but when she does, she's out for blood.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, let's do the clap.
0: Oh, right. We should do that. Okay. Ready?
2: Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Got it.
0: The clap. Not that clap, different clap, much more uh, helpful clap than the other clap.
1: Well, it depends on your perspective.
0: Um, you know, I okay, one, one is a sound spike on the waveform for us to sync up our audio. The other is a venereal disease. So which one's more helpful to you?
2: Well,
1: well since you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> So Stephanie, how was your week?
2: <laughs>
0: it's been interesting. It's been interesting. Do we anything want to get happen? Into that? Or anything or do happen? We want, do we do we <laughs> do we want to intro the show?
1: What show? Oh, our show.
0: Our show, the one we're on right now, bitch.
1: Well, that show. Okay. Are you, you are ready? Com- you are competitive, Stephanie today.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> no, what it is is I'm caffeinated, Stephanie. That's what's happening here. I oh, had no. I had a mocha frappuccino. And it tasted like life itself, so.
1: <laughs> oh no.
0: <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I'm looking forward to the crash off of this delightful beverage. It'll hit right about the beginning of the um, Life Day Cult experience that happens in the <laughs> Starlit Cave yeah uh, i I thought
1: i thought i thought that's where they were got tired of the show that they were on and they were just going to walk right into the sun which is kind of where i was at with it at that point
0: hard empathy on that one okay let's intro the show fuck god look at look what you did you actually managed to get me to not intro the show when i wanted to so good job point to you
1: yeah thank you competitive stephanie I am the hit. wiener in this situation. <laughs> uh,
0: you, in, in any situation that includes both of us, you are the wiener always. Yeah,
1: so. that, that's sexist. Get it? Get it? Yeah. No, that's penis, just biology.
0: That's just biology. It's not sexism. It's oh, biology. Whatever. Whatever. I don't have one. I don't even have a store bought one <laughs> <laughs> anymore. Okay, so. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I don't put
1: mine in the dishwasher anymore. They just go bad, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man, I promise we will talk about Star Wars. We are expressing our opinions about Star Wars. It's not all sex toys all the time, I promise. Anyway, hi, my name is Stephanie. I am the woman half of the show.
1: And... That's it? Oh, wait. That's two points lost right there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no,
0: no, I win by maintaining my silence. This is Calvin Ball now, bitch. We're making up the rules.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Calvin Ball. Oh, Lord.
0: Anyway, who the hell are you?
1: Hi, I'm Chris. Uh, as Shirley Manson would say, I am the queerest of the queer. <laughs> and and uh, Stephanie... Um... <laughs> hmm.
0: <laughs> what, what, what quote is he going to pull? Good luck. What do you got?
1: I am your experience. So experience me. <laughs> Pleasure me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there was, oh there were a lot
1: of options. Uh, oh my for this God, show. this
0: show. Jesus. Okay. I, I
1: okay. almost went okay. with the loin quote.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was a good one too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, Typically what we are doing on the show is we are moving through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order. However, we did just hit a really good sort of pause point in our chronological watch through. We hit the Umbara arc in Clone Wars, and we are about to run uh, pell-mell headlong into the holiday season. So um, today we're taking a little break, stepping away from the chronological order of it all, and we're going to be discussing... <laughs> in, the sp- <laughs> in the spirit of the holidays... The original 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special. And for the record, (laughs) Stephanie, I fucking hate you. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. Let the hate flow through you. Oh, the hate is strong.
1: The hate is very strong with me today. Stephanie, I look like a 21 year old man right now. I'm sorry. Well, we had a discussion on <laughs> uh, Divas Unleashed, and today we went full full boogie on the Star Wars Eclipse thing on Twitter, and true, the amount true. of the amount of hatred coming my way was delightful and delicious. I didn't see
0: the hate. I didn't see the hate. How how are you getting hate that I'm not seeing? I don't know how t- Twitter works. Well,
1: because my DMs so. are open. So oh. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, it's it, it's not the default setting. You have to turn it on. But yeah, I had some. Oh, I ain't
0: turned that shit on at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, uh, I I received a few messages on Tikitok and uh, nice. We got some comments on the YouTube channel that I had to delete and all kinds of fun stuff. So um, you have I... to
0: screenshot those things and send them to me. Now they you were just them. they
1: were just slurs. They were just slurs. Oh, wow. um, nothing, nothing impressive. So I am glowing. I <laughs> I can actually see bits of hair uh, growing on the top of my head.
0: I'm walking on sunshine. So for, yeah, I'm uh, for walking the, on sunshine, <laughs> the for the members of our audience who um, perhaps have not watched our Divas Unleashed episode, which uh, what are you doing with your life?
1: Having one. I know. Oh. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs>
0: Carve out some time away from your family this fine holiday season, and go to the YouTube channel and watch uh, our fifth Divas Unleashed. Is it fifth?
1: Fifth episode fifth five. One? Yeah.
0: No way. We haven't done yeah. that many.
1: It's the Empire Strikes Back of Divas Unleashed.
0: I don't um, know how numbers work. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> we our most recent episode of the Divas Unleashed. Uh, we're talking about a, a current hashtag campaign that is going on on Twitter, which is hashtag Blackout Star Wars Eclipse. In response to the uh, announcement of the Star Wars Eclipse video game, which the trailer was lovely, however, right at the end, uh, they smacked us in the face with the name of the game developer company Involved, which is Quantic Dream, and they are mm, problematic.
1: Yeah, so definitely check out our YouTube show for more information on that. I have been talking about it all day on my Twitter, and uh, I would love to keep talking about it, but... Uh, we made a horrible choice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, go, we have a really surprisingly for us, like really cohesive and intelligent and insightful conversation about the whole issue. And then we play fuck, Mary kill with politicians in Star Wars. So, because we got to stay on brand. But, uh, so that's over on the YouTube. Uh, and that's sort of been the whole drama that's been going on in the fandom. If you would like to avoid all of that, hey, here we are about to not talk about any of that because we're going to talk about something so much worse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> something that uh that uh, is infamous in mm-hmm. television history and Star Wars history. Oh my god. Uh a thing that has appear that had per- uh, apparently triggered an array of backlash that uh, we have that had not been seen in some time since.
0: Mm-hmm. So the uh the Star Wars holiday special um <clears throat> I don't know if you uh, have heard, probably you have, Christopher, the urban legend about George Lucas's feelings about the Star Wars holiday special. Uh, There is a quote floating around uh, that says, that has George Lucas allegedly saying, quote, if I had the time and a sledgehammer, I would track down every copy of that show and smash it.
1: I have read that. Uh, I also Mm -hmm. love the uh, follow up to that, which uh, came from Carrie Fisher. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Carrie Fisher in 2008, I believe uh, mm-hmm. she uh, George Lucas asked her to do a favor I think it was to do commentary on one of the new D- uh, Blu-ray reissues of uh, one mm-hmm. of the classic Star Wars movies And she said to him Only if you can get me a copy of of the Star Wars Christmas special, which, <laughs> which she knew would give him so much pain.
0: This is why Space Mom is the fucking best. <laughs>
1: so in addition to that, Carrie Fisher knew that she had a weapon. And according mm-hmm. to her and her daughter and, and friends of hers, when, when she had cocktail parties at her house and she was done with people being at her house, she would put uh, put the Christmas special on. <laughs> and watch as people would stampede out of the uh, out of the house as if it was on fire.
0: It's so fucking bad cuz here's the thing, George Lucas most likely did not actually say the thing about the sledgehammer, but he is well-known, famously hates it, hates the holiday special. Um And just knowing that, I held that close to my heart while we watched through this thing, and it just gave me life. Knowing every <laughs> second of this causes that man physical pain and has caused him pain for 40-plus years. Ugh. Oh. I love it. Um, and he did do, at the time, everything in his power to limit its release and to control its distribution after that. But, haha, <laughs> joke's on you, motherfucker. The internet exists. And so now <laughs> this, this thing is fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. He did do, I found a quote from him that actually is attributed to him from a 2005 interview. This quote is George Lucas's version of Mariah Carey saying, I don't know her. so check this out check this out it says quote the special from 1978 really didn't have much to do with us you know i can't remember what network it was on but it was a thing that they did we kind of let them do it it was done by uh, i can't even remember who the group was but they were variety tv guys we let them use the characters and stuff and that probably wasn't the smartest thing to do but you learn from those experiences i don't know her
1: (laughs) in in one of his right in one of his biographies i believe it was the george lucas story uh uh, this was the thing that kind of forced him to become a lot more controlling over mm-hmm. over his product. Because uh, he, he believed that, you know, no one can understand Star Wars as good as he can, you know. So he became very protective <laughs> from this point on.
0: That makes sense, though, because this shit was traumatic.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, okay. So quick history um, of the special itself. All I've got is some facts that I dug up. I understand that you found some deeper context. So, mm-hmm. you know, jump in with that. Okay. You are. The Star Wars holiday special premiered on November seventeenth, nineteen seventy-eight, and it was seen from the beginning by thirteen million viewers. Uh, which actually wasn't I mean, it was okay. They came in second to the love boat for that time slot. <laughs> the thing is, literally half of the viewers ditched after the Boba Fett cartoon and never turned it back on. Yeah. And that's a lot of that is because the marketing for this special never clearly stated that this was not a second Star Wars movie. Like they didn't nothing to do with the marketing ever said this is actually just a wacky ass weird variety show thing that's barely being made with the people involved with Star Wars. Uh It doesn't actually have a lot to do with the continuity. This isn't another movie. Don't get your hopes up da. like that wasn't weirdly that wasn't the ad campaign they used for it. Strangely enough. So I think the fans felt a little hurt. A little betrayed.
1: So note on the ad campaign. uh, CBS Mm -hmm. was the channel that put the show on. And uh, (laughs) we have to remember, this is back in the day when people had basically three channels. Four if you were in Los Angeles, New York, or Chicago, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, So 13 million viewers with a three-channel setup, that's pretty low. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um the the media campaign was one of the largest uh television media campaigns in history cbs went uh, at the time uh it, cbs went all out promoting this thing uh two months in advance uh they did make it seem like it was going to be the second a second mm-hmm. star wars movie but made for tv which um to us, that may not sound so bizarre <laughs> in the streaming world where you have, right. you know, movies being made and then they get turned into shows that are like movie production quality. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a wall between television and movies. Mm-hmm. If you're an actor in movies, you do not do television because that will ruin your career. Yeah. Yeah, versa. you don't versa. step
0: down. You don't step down from big screen to small screen. At the time, it's really only only been in like the last five, 10 years that it's been okay uh, for big film actors to step down to TV. Um, yeah. <clears throat> in fact, maybe a little longer than that, because I think it really started with like, what's his name? Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. When he did 24, that was a big like <gasps> moment because you're mm-hmm. a Hollywood movie star. You problematic mm-hmm. bastard. and Now you're doing TV. It's It was weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, when the golden, uh, the the final golden, uh, the final golden age of television came, which was, you know, 2005 to 2015, uh, between your 24s, your Breaking Bads, your Mm -hmm. Sopranos and all that kind of stuff, you didn't really have that much intermingling of of, of actors from TV to movie and vice versa. It just wasn't, it wasn't that common.
0: It was a class divide in the acting community for sure. So, uh, yeah, this, the the fact that this, this TV show was going to have these actors from the movie in it, like the actors didn't want to do that for the most part. Like they had, oh, they had issues with it. Um, but anyway, the, the history, we will get to, (laughs) we'll get to the cast (laughs) later. Uh, but yeah, so the, another thing that was weird about this was this is in 78, uh, and they did a variety show style show. And the variety show genre was kind of on its way out at the time. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, well, the seventy the seventies television era was defined by the the like the abundance of variety shows. Right. They, they started to get really popular in the late sixties, and mm-hmm. just kind of like how like any television genre that gets big in one place, it start you start to see like a multiplication of shit all over the place starting to happen. Uh, the mm-hmm. Variety Show was the one of the fighting genres of that of that whole decade. You know, the yeah. Sonny and Cher show was... Carol Burnett. Yeah. The, the Carol Burnett show, uh, I mean, there's a lot of them, uh, were, like, number one uh, must-see TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were cheap to produce. Uh, they could uh, have an audience, which at the time, like, you know, your television picture quality isn't going to be that great because there's no HD <laughs> and mm-hmm. a lot of it's in black and white. So, having like an audience there to react and be serve as kind of like a real time laugh track uh mm-hmm. helped make the show bigger and better and it was a whole psychological thing so uh yeah it, that was the that was the genre and it really it did it did start to die uh in <laughs> nineteen seventy eight when the brady you know you had variety shows the like brady the Brady bunch, bunch show, yeah. Stru- yeah and all that kind of stuff starting to come out. It was like the fourth wave of, of variety shows coming out and <laughs> uh you know. That's, that's the way it is with us humans.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was on its way out. And I really, I mean, look, correlation is not always causation, but this bizarre ass Star Wars variety show uh, showing up right about the same time as the variety show genre started gasping its last. I, I can't help but see that this might actually be Star Wars's fault or thank you, Star Wars for killing the variety show. It depends on your perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love, I love the Carol Burnett show. Um,
0: because well, they were legitimately talented and funny.
1: Yeah, and I remember can't, can't
0: say that here.
1: <laughs> well, one of the, one of the actors is from that show. Um, <clears throat> and true. Uh, and he's my favorite. I love him. But um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I remember some week I was just super sick, and YouTube was just starting to become a thing, and people were able to like put all kinds of pirated shit on YouTube. YouTube was more mm-hmm. of a wild west back then. And I remember, I remember watching uh. I think, most of the G- Carol Burnett show and just watching uh, all the improvisational comedy because something just always went wrong. <laughs>
0: yeah, and they just worked with They rolled with it. No, and they, and they just rolled
1: up. with it. And they were such talented comedians. I was just thinking to myself, man, why doesn't this... Why had, Why did this genre die? This is so great. And then I saw... I remember watching the Brady Bunch variety show and going, oh. Yeah. <laughs> they all can't be Carol Burnett.
0: Yeah, yeah it's all... No, Carol, Carol Burnett was this is not a show about Carol Burnett, but she was a standout. But anyway, so, um, yeah, the, the Star Wars holiday special was developed as a variety show style holiday special. And the purpose of it's the entire purpose of its existence was to keep the money flowing to the Star Wars IP in between movies. Um, because right here, uh, during this like 1978 period, George Lucas is in development of, um, Empire Strikes Back. They're working on movie number two. And, yep. um, uh, you know George Lucas was hoping that this would also be a vehicle to launch a Star Wars cartoon series perhaps with Boba Fett um it's the whole same reason we got the Tartagoski Clone Wars in between um you know the prequels episodes 1 and 2 it was mm-hmm. to keep momentum going and to keep Star Wars sort of at the forefront of the public consciousness and also to keep making money and to um market toys like that was all the purpose of of doing this and unfortunately george lucas went into this with like yeah let's do that here's a story y'all y'all can take it from here right because i'm gonna go make a movie and he uh didn't realize that they would take it and then do whatever they wanted with it and not adhere to his vision for the star wars galaxy so oops yep so the development of this show was a hot steaming mess it was ridiculous. So the script, because there's a script. Um, oh, basically of course. oh the format, there is a script.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's just. A, <laughs> I would love to see the actually written out script because easily a third of this script. You can't see air quotes because this is an audio medium, but I'm doing air quotes. Script uh, for this show is in Wookiee.
2: Wo-
0: <laughs> it's in Wookiee language. There's no subtitles. We don't actually know what they're saying. So yeah. that's fun. And the acting wasn't
1: uh, good enough to be able to convey. Uh, the only thing that they conveyed was pure horror, especially in the child <laughs> Wookiee. But we'll get to there when we get there.
0: Be uh, nice. The The lady inside the suit is great. We'll get to it. Okay. Um, anyway, George Lucas wrote a kind of a short story that was like a, a happy, life-affirming holiday family togetherness story about Chewie's family. Um, and he handed it off. Uh, to these script writers who were script writers for variety shows. So they developed it into a script that had gaps in it for variety acts, for acrobats, for music, for random skits and shit like that. So there was that bizarre aspect of the script going into it. Then you get the directors and the writers hating each other. And I say directors, plural, because the first one quit three days into production. <laughs> and the oh, writers... God. The writers have since openly admitted to being high on cocaine the majority of the time. No. No shit,
2: right?
1: And, uh, wait, uh, question: Just the writers, because
0: <laughs> those are the only ones who openly admitted it because they don't. Okay, because the
1: the camera people, like half the actors, Harrison Ford.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So these writers had worked on the Carol Burnett show. They worked on really kitschy, slapsticky comedy sketches. They had never worked on Star Wars. And I found one particular quote, uh, the writers talking about it, where they're like, eh, yeah, we might not have been the best for this because we didn't do sincere comedy. You know, we We did comedy. We did, you know, pie in the face shit. We didn't do the sincerity. And Star Wars is always very sincere about mm-hmm. Star Wars. Yeah. And so that's why the tone of this this whole thing just felt super bizarre. Um the budget was really small for a production like this. It was only a million dollars.
1: Well, actually um uh, I got some data behind that. A million dollars. So a million dollars a million dollars doesn't sound like for a lot, but I think adjusted for in- inflation, you're talking about 15 million oh, dollars. And- oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, yay, inflation. Um and for a variety a one-time variety show, <laughs> Uh, at that time, that was a high budget. That was essentially three x what uh, a normal special variety show would, would cost.
0: But it was still nowhere near a Star Wars budget.
1: Absolutely not.
0: So, because I think A New Hope was made for like eleven million,
1: mm-hmm.
0: somewhere in there. Which I mean, adjust that for inflation, multiply it by like fifteen. But yeah. oh, since so you the- mentioned
1: since you mentioned the budget of A New Hope, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean there is another aspect to why this why this uh, special got made. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back pre-production budget was exploding. Oh, uh, no, they it, it, no, it, it, it needed go- the money. <laughs> it was going to exceed A New Hope easily, and they needed the money. Oh
0: no! So this is this is the pimping out of Star Wars. <laughs>
2: this is the yeah. shilling. We because, have
1: uh, the, uh, I forgot, I, I forgot to write down the writer's name, but he's on. He was uh, interviewed by Vox Magazine actually a couple mm-hmm. years ago about this, and he said that you have to remember. This was there was just one Star Wars movie, and it was Mm -hmm. just called Star Wars. There was no A New Hope or anything like that. Star Wars was new, and Star Wars wasn't really. We didn't know. We didn't have any other reference points, so we were able to play with it. There were no sacred cows. We could do whatever Mm -hmm. we wanted because there was no roadmap for Star Wars.
0: Yeah, there was no canon. There was no no enshrined characters. Nothing. Nothing. This was really, this was, this was a fucking early days, Wild West bizarreness yeah. going on.
1: Yep. Uh, Jabba the Hutt was still a man in a, in a fursuit. Still- <laughs> and Vader wasn't Luke's father yet. Right. You know? And
0: uh, Luke and Leia were not related yet. All, none of that canon existed yet. So they were just. Flying by the seat of their pants going into this, and the only guideline they had was some shit that George Lucas scribbled down on a legal pad in like a one-hour meeting, and then he bounced off to go make his movie. And he would yep. show up every now and then and just sort of stare in horror at what had been wrought, but they were too deep into it to do anything about it. Um, I did find a quote... <laughs> from a member of the production staff that said that when when you know he worked on it and then when the show aired that lovely evening of December, of November 17th uh he had a big house party at his house they were going to no. do a big screening no. of it he had he had a bunch of food catered and he was like here we go this is going to be awesome they turned it on And then at the first commercial break, he turned off the TV and said, okay, let's eat. And they never turned it back on after that.
1: Wow.
0: I know. And it was his baby. He worked on it and he's like, I don't need to, I don't need to watch that. We're good.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: It's that fucking bad.
1: Yeah. So we would really like it if all of you could watch it.
0: <laughs> but we watched it, so you don't have to.
1: So I just I want to share in my suffering right now because I'm in so I mean, much pain.
0: <laughs> the, the thing is, like this whole thing, like it was cursed from the get go. Like they're shooting in the summer in L.A. Uh, on a on a sound stage in, in Burbank. Like, that's not a not an air conditioned space, right? Nope. So you've got half of the cast is in Wookie costumes. And so these are enormous, heavy shag carpets that they have to wear. They've got, um, you know, the rest of the cast, like particularly for the cantina scene, are in big head costumes and stuff. Uh, Everybody is just dying of heat stroke. They're having to take constant breaks to cool down and, I don't know, pump some oxygen into the masks for the actors to not pass out, which they did anyway. Yep. And like they could only be in costume for 45 minutes at a time. It was just... (laughs) it was even just the base mechanics of trying to film it like the set for Chewie's family's house was a full 360 space there was no like missing fourth wall where they could set up cameras they had to move cameras around inside this house that somebody built for way too much fucking money on this soundstage it was insane and they didn't even have enough budget to finish the entire thing. By the time they got to the final scenes of this here variety show, they were out of budget for set. That's why the whole final scene is in the dark. Yep. Like, what? <laughs> anyway, we will get to that. Good <laughs> Lord. Um also also, fun fact, do you know what happened the very next day after the Star Wars holiday special aired?
1: I know a few things, but what 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 are you gonna what are you gonna point out?
0: Again Again, I'm not saying correlation is not causation. I'm not saying that the Star Wars holiday special caused the Jonestown Massacre. (laughs) (laughs) But... We can't say that it didn't. No, the Jonestown <laughs> Massacre, which was fucking tragic. It was. It was the first really big confrontation between, like, anti-government extremists and government forces. It was fucking crazy. That happened on November 18th, 1978, the next day. So that was kind of like a mixed bag, because on the one hand, ouch. But on the other hand, maybe it drowned out any news about how bad the special was.
1: Huh? But- but that's a that's a funny thing. So I got to uh, somebody very close to me. I got to who is actually a television historian. Kind of went through some points with me, and I had I had some mm-hmm. questions because you know they were they were in college when this when this went down. So they you know they have all this other context about what it was like back then. And he did actually bring bring up the Jonestown thing. Oh, he, no. and he said he said Chris, that was front news. The Star Wars Christmas special was on page two. It oh, was no. it was everywhere, <laughs> and. You know, that was the only t- that was the only thing for a couple of days that the entertainment magazines wrote about the disaster of this, the disaster of, of of everything. This is the end of Star Wars. There is no chance that the next Star Wars movie is even going to be made
0: because this is so bad.
2: So I thought That's that was awesome. funny.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. So- it's so. Oh, I do it's wanna... amazing. It's amazing that the franchise survived this fucking fiasco.
1: <laughs> it's really bad. Quite but, frankly. But I but I asked him, you know, one one key thing I asked him was if I were a kid watching this, I would clearly be waiting for the bu- the the cartoon. Because they did they, right. they did promote they did commercial commercials for just the cartoon as well to, you know, build mm-hmm. up like there is a cartoon version of Star Wars which is a younger kid that's super cool. I can't wait to see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they said to me, Chris, you have to remember something about what it's like to be a child or an older person, a a, a young adult in this in this era. You have three television channels. If you mm-hmm. want to see any Star Wars, you have to go to the theater. You can't just pop in the uh, the VCR or right. DVD. There's no streaming service. There's nothing. This is this was the only opportunity for a lot of people to see any Star Wars again since they saw <laughs> oh, it in the theaters. No. <laughs> you know
0: yeah even though this,
1: even though star wars the original stayed in theaters for a really long time i want to say and like, they did
0: a re-release of it
1: yeah i want to say it was in theaters for like 14 months or something like that mm-hmm. which is unheard of these days
0: right and then they it left theaters there was a huge public clamor about it so they put it back in theaters for like a weekend and it made another 10 million dollars like People wanted more Star Wars, but it wasn't. Right now, we have an embarrassment of riches of Star Wars content, so much so that we were able to cover this shit show for our podcast.
2: <laughs> like
0: it's, There's so much, there's so much, but at the time, there was one. There was one Star War. There was "nut that was it. So yeah, this everybody wanted to watch the Star Wars special. And I can't imagine, I cannot imagine the plummet into the depths of disappointed despair that it must have been to go through this fucking ninety seven minute debacle.
1: So I hadn't seen I hadn't seen this since uh well, right before I met you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and that was awkward. That was an awkward time for me. But I, I, I sat and I watched this and I was like, I never want to watch it again. <laughs> and then the guy who showed, who showed it to me was like, I'm moving to San Diego, so I'm never going to see you again. I was like, oh, OK. So that's kind of my association with it. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> that's fair. All right. Yeah. And he's moving to San Diego and he's taking this shit show with him. Good. Yeah, good,
1: good. Bye. Good. Right. Goodbye. Never he's had like, to
0: see either of you ever again. <laughs> he said,
1: keep in touch. I said, oh, no, no, no. No 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 no. I'm no. done. That's not good. Uh, so yeah, so it 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 hurt me mm-hmm. <laughs> the first time I saw it, and I, so I can't I can't imagine I just can't imagine uh, being a kid in 1978 and watching this and going oh right oh I'm so excited to see more Star Wars now.
0: <laughs> so a quick note about the cast as we go through this. Um, you know from the from where we sit now. Like Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, James Earl Jones. Those are all the, the like original series, this, the Star Wars movie cast that found themselves in this holiday special. And, uh, they, you know, where we sit now, they're fucking legendary. Right? Yep. Yep. Like they're, they're, they, they are titans of the, of the Star Wars and sci-fi and, and film. They're, they're amazing. But at the time, They all were wet behind the ears, brand new shiny eyed baby actors. They had maybe one or two credits each prior to going into this special. And one of those credits was Star Wars. Yep. Like that was it. That was it. Peter Mayhew, Peter Mayhew had never done any kind of acting at all. He got cast as Chewbacca because he was seven feet tall. And he was a lovely person. So lovely, in fact, that he really never had anything but nice things to say about the Star Wars holiday special.
1: Yeah, I, I know. I, I saw that, too. Very I'm like, sweet. What a nice man. What a full of shit nice man.
0: I, he's very, very English. Um, yeah, that's what like, it is. Han Solo still won't Han Solo. Harrison Ford still won't talk about it. Uh, Carrie Fisher is the only person who ever would speak about it openly, and she shit on it. Because mm-hmm. she was always 100% honest all the time. God bless her. Uh, Mark Hamill and Anthony Daniels will still, like, you know, they were team players. You know, they, they'll they still say kind of nice things about it. But, yeah, at the time, they're going into this production. Uh, they don't really know what they're doing. They just know that they've been, like, demoted from movie to TV.
1: Yeah, they're doing and, TV, which was, uh, I, that's why I made the point about the separation of TV and movie. Because they're thinking, yeah. holy shit, is this going to ruin my career? Which, thankfully, it didn't. Um, exactly harrison ford in particular i do want to make a note there was a a, a, a shtick that conan o'brien did to harrison ford a few years ago <laughs> where he threatened to where harrison harrison Fo- now harrison ford is usually high when he's on these shows he is, <laughs> is he okay heather he is the biggest donor in the fucking world
0: Oh, God bless.
1: I know. I mean, that's kind, of the, that's kind of the joke with Harrison Ford, and that's why I love him. He's a grumpy old guy now who's high mm-hmm. all the time, and he knows <laughs> how to crash planes safely into golf courses. That's what he yeah. does.
2: Yeah, that's
0: good. And he forgets his st- his co-star's names in yeah. real time. Sitting next to Ryan Gosling doesn't know his name.
1: Yeah, fuck it, because wh- why like would that. he care? I mean, he's because fucking why? Harrison Ford. Because he's Harrison
0: yeah. Ford. Yeah. yeah, fuck
1: it. That, I, if I could get to that level, I'm doing the same shit.
0: Yeah, like, I don't even know your name.
1: I, Fuck it. I don't have dementia, I just don't care, you know? So, um <laughs> but uh but uh there was a thing where like Conan O'Brien is threatening Harrison Ford, like we got a clip and Harrison Ford jumps out of his chair and it grabs him by the cuff and Conan O'Brien's like <laughs> laughing it off, like this is all part of a spiel. Uh there was some interviews with Conan later that implied it was not uh fake. No. It was real. It was legit. They had not
0: discussed the strangulation prior.
1: Yeah, Harrison Ford was prepared to whip Conan O'Brien's ass on TV without remorse, and that's how that goes. And I don't I can't say I blame them.
0: Right. So. And so you get these kids uh, who are big movie actors now, and now they're having to do TV, and they get on this set, and everybody else on the cast is a goddamn TV legend. They yep. are seasoned veteran performers who have been doing TV and Broadway and stage and and small screen for decades before they set foot on the Star Wars Holiday Special set. So, oh my God. what a weird mix! Like, like particularly, like there are some some freaking legends like B. Arthur yeah. is in this. And uh everybody, this, is pre, and,
1: this is pre-Golden Girls pre uh, B Arthur, but B Arthur was already a legend at this point. She was already
0: a legend. She yeah. was you know, she had her show Maud uh, of in which she was Maud. Like it was her I love
2: show,
0: Right? And uh yeah, yeah, so she's a badass coming into this. And uh she um tolerated no shit from anybody. She was a straight up professional and she did her job, but anybody that gave her shit like no, none of these like none of the kids Harrison Ford Mark Hamill Carrie Fisher none of them were anywhere near her they weren't in her scene they never crossed paths and that's probably for the best because i think she probably would have cut Harrison Ford's throat yep <laughs> because she just had no time for nobody's bullshit so nope. th- we we go into this and you've got these you know these young actors who have been roped into this by contract uh and they really don't have a lot of say and uh you've got these seasoned actors who are doing doing this thing as a favor to George Lucas or to the writers because they've worked with them for so long. Uh, and so nobody is on this project because they love it. Nobody is on this project because it is their passion or they're telling any kind of story. This is a paycheck for everybody. Yep. And it shows.
1: Uh, it, it if, is so. It, shows. <laughs> it is so fucking apparent from like the very first scene that this is a paycheck <laughs> situation.
0: And look, some people worked an awful fucking lot harder for that paycheck than other people.
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure, a- everybody
0: I, in a Wookiee suit. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Well,
1: because they literally almost died.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh shit. And,
1: and I would fucking argue. I mean, we can. We'll we'll get there and we we'll go through it. There were others that also did their best to kill it. And oh yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, so are we ready, having uh, like uh, given as much context for th- <laughs> this insanity as we can, are we ready to go through the events of the Star Wars Holiday Special?
1: Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> question Qu- real quick. Uh, All right, before we do it,
2: <laughs>
1: is this canon?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: because I... I, despite how horrible and evil this is, I want it to be canon.
0: <laughs> life Day is canon.
1: Yeah, Life Day is canon.
0: The the holiday of Life Day is, as far as I understand, is canon. Now, are the events of this particular misbegotten Life Day so early on in the conflict between uh, the Empire and the Rebellion? Are these canon? Dunno. Uh... And I don't care. <laughs> you
2: know, I really don't care
0: um, because if it okay, if it is canon, if all of this is true, then Chewie has abandoned his family, like to go run around the the galaxy with his his fuckboy human friend.
1: Uh, you mean like Han did?
0: Yes. Like, yeah, well, is, is is being a family abandoning fuckboy contagious? Did Han give this to Chewie? Or is it that Wookiees have such a long lifespan that Chewie's like, guys, I'll be back in five minutes. And it's actually like 20 years. I think it's
1: like, the latter. It? I mean, I think it's the latter because I'd like to think that, you know, uh, beasts or species that live way, like, way longer, their sense of time is just way different.
0: Right. You know? Right. I mean, there's there's that old thing that gets passed around the internet, uh, where the story of Chewbacca and Han is the story of a man and his dog, but Han is the dog,
2: and Chewie is the man. <laughs> and like
0: Han, Han saved Chewie's life up that one time, and Chewie's like, okay, I will stay with you and make sure that you have the best life possible uh, until you die. And like, wouldn't you do the same for a heroic dog that saved your life? and like you know that's only like part like the next 10 years of your life at best like come on this is not a huge commitment uh, you're gonna have a bunch of life beyond that sure i'll hang out with this dog like maybe that's that's Chewie's whole attitude
1: i like the idea of chewy and han having that ex- one extra thing in common where they're like look when it comes to like being a father and a husband. We fucking suck. We fucking suck at it. When it comes to smuggling and adventures, we are good at that. And I kind of like that. I do kind of like that <laughs> okay. a little bit. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. We can go with that. Fucking um. <laughs> hell. I mean, if my
1: child okay. was fucking crazy as shit, I would fucking leave him too. So.
2: <laughs> Just saying.
0: Stop. Poor Lumpy. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> We can't even talk
1: about this show without laughing. Look, uh, for the for so the record before I insane. have before I have to make a cancellation video, uh, I am not
0: <laughs> your, your apology video.
1: Yeah, my apology video. Uh, I'm not advocating for fathers to abandoning their children. No, I'm just saying no, that there's if, no
2: fucking excuse. <laughs> the exception
1: being if your child is lumpy, fucking run.
2: <laughs> run to the fucking hills. <laughs> It's a demon, not a child. <laughs>
0: okay, but I don't think it's Lumpy that chases anybody off. If your dad was itchy, and he was just hanging out in your living room doing itchy stuff, I think I think you'd travel, I would, too. I would I'm leave, saying. too. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Let's get Let's into get it. There. Okay, Let's so opening over. scene. Opening scene, the Star Wars Holiday Special opens with a big, cheesy variety show Intro.
1: The Star Wars Holiday Special.
0: It's like the MIDI version of the Star Wars theme. It's weird and cheap. Yeah, and, so you notice um, how they didn't
1: use any of the Star Wars music? It's just like, uh, like, like a did, couple melodies off here and there. Well, they
0: did it at the, at the very end. They oh. used straight up Star Wars music from A New Hope at the very end. Yeah, but here, no, it's like afford. the carry... Yeah, but here it's like the MIDI karaoke version of the Star Wars intro music. It's real janky sounding. Yeah. And, uh, and did they, did they go through, did they, did they do like a starring these people before they got into the actual events?
1: They sure did. It took like 30 okay. minutes by itself.
0: It took forever because it was like, <laughs> this is such
1: a huge cast.
0: Starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Harrison Ford as Han Solo, blah, diddy, blah, blah, blah. Starring uh, R2D2 as himself.
1: Particular note. Huh. Uh, James Earl Jones as Darth Vader
2: yes. Do you know
1: why that was Specifically mentioned this time? Hmm. Because in the original uh, Release of Star Wars The New Hope James Earl Jones wasn't credited at all
0: That's right mm-hmm. It was all, ooh shit I just lost his name That guy, the guy in the suit
1: I Yeah I forgot his name But uh, it, James Earl Jones had no credit whatsoever To Darth Vader's voice And it caused a shitstorm and so for the Christmas special, <laughs> the the great equalizer <laughs> is, well, look, we'll put you on this Christmas special. It's going to be remembered for ages and people are going to know that you're Darth Vader's voice.
2: Prowse. About- Prowse.
0: David Prowse. Ah. That was the man inside the suit. Amazing. According to Google. I just found that. Um, so yeah, this is the first time ever James Earl Jones is credited as the voice of Darth Vader. And it's hilarious because he's got like a line and a half and he was not even this was ripped from unused footage from for a new hope like they didn't even film vader anything anyway oh all all, Um, all
1: of all of the all of the tie fighter scenes and the spaceship flying scenes are ripped off from a new hope i love that
0: but like unfinished footage because it's ugly it did not look good
1: no like, <laughs> like, the Vader part was the only part I even really really liked because I was like,
0: "Oh, it's Vader! How cool!"
1: And then I got, I su- and then I got super depressed realizing, "Oh my god, the first time recovering fucking Vader like for real, real is the Christmas fucking special on my goddamn <laughs> podcast." Oh god.
2: Oh! <laughs> That's awesome.
0: (laughs)
1: Because before we got Lego Vader, and it's not the same, you know.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so going through the introduction of the cast, we are introduced to Chewie's family. (laughs) Chewie's wife, Mala, who's got a face that a Wookiee would love.
1: Very vibrant eyes.
0: Mm. Uh, Chewie's uh, father, Itchy.
1: The worst face mask in fucking history. It's so
0: awful. It's got like this lower lip is like seven inches long and it sort of flaps up and down. I hate it. I hate his face. And Chewie's son, Lumpy. Now, (laughs) these these names are stupid.
1: Lumpy is the devil.
0: (laughs) (laughs) These are stupid names. Would you like to know what their full fucking Wookiee name is?
1: They have fuller names.
0: They have full fucking Wookiee names. Just like Chewie. Just like Chewie is actually Chewbacca. He's not actually Chewie. That's just what the humans call him because they can't say Chewbacca. They had to, they had to like humanize his name because they're lazy. Uh, so Mala, her full name is Mala Tobuk. (laughs) Itchy. (laughs) Itchy's full name is Atichy Cook. (laughs) Atichy Cook. So uh-huh. Itchy. Lumpy's full name is Lumpawarump. Lumpa Lumpawarump. Yeah.
1: Steph, I need to I need to I need to take a break and <laughs> down a bottle of vodka right now because holy shit. What fucking st- oh, Okay. I have no, I have nothing. I don't know. I have nothing I not else to contribute this. to this conversation.
0: <laughs> There's nothing else. Okay, so we get introduced to the to the cast. They make a big point of naming particular actors, and we'll get to them as we encounter their characters going through the events of the show. Okay. Yeah. Um, because, these again, these actors were legends of TV, and they were really using these actors to hook the audience into watching this fucking shit show commence. Right? Right. Okay, so... We finally have finished introducing everyone, and here we are into the field of stars, sort of, that is the galaxy, and what's the first thing that's happening?
1: Well, something actually exciting, I guess.
0: For a hot minute, yeah.
1: Yeah. There is some stock footage of uh, the Millennium Falcon from A New Hope, and uh, (laughs) Uh some TIE Fighters complete with black boxes uh, surrounding them. Uh, that's that mm-hmm. was fun to see again, and then a planet that what that was originally Avon Four, but they changed it to green sure. instead of red, mm-hmm. and uh, then we see the ghetto ass uh, version of the Millennium Falcon cockpit.
0: It's so bad. <laughs>
1: This looks like,
0: like, it's like high school theater production of the Millennium Falcon's cockpit. That's exactly what I was,
1: it's either that or like a a public television, some dude in the, like redid the cockpit in his backyard is doing like a talk show, talk show. Yeah,
0: this is the Wayne's world of Star Wars. (laughs) That's what's happening
2: here. It's
0: so So they are, they are on the run. They're being chased by TIE fighters. Oh, no.
1: Yeah. So uh, uh, if we're going to take this story seriously for just a moment, Han is trying <laughs> to get Chewie home for Life Day, which he has been right. doing for some time. That's the spirit. You'll be celebrating Life Day before you know it. And apparently now being heroes of the rebellion, that means that the entire empire is coming for their asses. And so yes. they're having a difficult time uh, getting to Kashyyyk.
0: Right. He wants to get home to be with his family for a life day, and so uh hey, let's go meet his family
1: and and, and allow <sighs> me to add another layer of depression oh. to this conversation. <laughs> uh-huh. This is the first time that we're gonna see Keshic <laughs> that's
0: true uh, and it's a matte painting of a of a big ass treehouse. Uh, yeah with a, in a big ass tree. Which, and then we get inside to the set.
1: Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, some of these designs are incorporated into Revenge of the Sith. In fact, I found out in the most devastating way possible an exact replica of this particular house is seen in a corner shot of the Star Tours 2.0 ride if you go to the, do the Kashyyyk scenario. Huh. I fucking well, okay. hate you, Disney.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? Don't be mad. I'm mad. Because they're Why? reusing everything. They never throw anything away. They waste not, want not. Yeah, that's how it is.
1: Yeah, I, I'm mad. Star now.
0: Wars re- recycles. Okay, Star Wars so recycled. I would, yeah. I would love to tell you anything about what happens during this opening fucking sitcom scene with the family, with Mala and and Lumpy and Itchy uh, hanging out in their oh, house. Oh, you didn't figure it out. <sighs> So it is seriously, uh, it was like eight minutes and 37 seconds of straight Wookiees growling at each other and miming shit through enormous costumes and nothing is getting through. Like I got a vague thumbnail sketch of family hanging out. The only thing that was really cool about the scene was uh, Itchy is sitting there uh, whittling wooden X-wings and I want one. <laughs> i want i want one of these hand-carved wooden x-wings that looks fucking amazing but all the fucking dialogue is in Shriwook. Yep. it is in the wookie language and like okay you can still kind of understand what's going on it ain't exactly fucking shakespeare but still so, i mean
1: so lumpy's lumpy's voice literally <laughs> grates at my soul it is something i would only hear in my nightmares and so every time that fucking kid is talking i'm cringing and crying and i just can't take it
0: it's bad it's bad you can thank ben burt for that shit we cannot blame the actress inside the suit i am not make those noises
1: look i'm not going to blame any of the actors or actresses my the responsibility goes totally i mean quite frankly goes to george lucas for letting for letting his ip be used this way
0: for allowing this shit god Damn you, George Lucas. But and he the, knows, the, and it will haunt him all of his days, and I, I love
1: it. Which, well, that, that's fine with me, because this is an abomination, but, like, <laughs> no. the, the responsibility is the CBS and the production people behind the show.
0: Oh, yeah. No, ev- this is everybody's fault. Yeah. This, <laughs> a monster like this doesn't shamble out into the village and start stomping on houses unless everybody did something wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay.
0: Anyway, so let's talk about the cast that is playing, uh, Chewie's family, real quick. Okay. Okay. So inside the lumpy suit, that is, that is an actress by the name of Patty Maloney. Um, she is still alive and well. As far as I know, she's retired. Um, but Patty Maloney is three foot eleven. And she worked in, as a vaudeville-style actress on screen and voice acting uh, for many, many years before she ever set foot on this fucking set in this fucking costume. Uh, her credits include: she was on the Brady Bunch variety show; she was in Buck Rogers in the 25th Century; um, she was in the Smurfs, the TV show; uh, Ice Pirates in the 1991 Adams Family movie. She is Lois Adams. <gasps> She's, she's the, the three foot eleven Adams. Yes. I love her. Yeah. She, her life is actually pretty fucking amazing. She was a world traveler and a hell of a performer. That's and, awesome. And they wrapped her in 900 pounds of fur and made her scamper around on this set. And she's doing the most she can. Like she's, she's trying, but good God. Uh, Chewie's dad is played uh, itchy. Itchy the horrifying itchy uh, is played by a gentleman by the name of Paul Gale who is also still alive and well. His main credits include shows like The Bay City Roy- Rollers, excuse me, Bay City Rollers and a movie called Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. <laughs>
1: So, yeah. he was okay. in the ba- so he was in the Bay City Rollers, is that what you're saying? Yeah, the variety show, yeah. Right. Oh, the variety show version. Okay, mm-hmm, okay. Because mm-hmm. it's also a band, so.
0: No, no. The Bay yeah. City Rollers variety show. He okay. was in that. He was a regular performer.
1: Which was a significant show, by the way.
0: It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was before our time, but it was, I can recognize the significance. My yeah. mother would be clutching her pearls at me for not knowing about all of these things. Uh And <laughs> lastly, we have Mala, Chewie's lovely wife. Uh played by an actor by the name of Mickey Morton, who did pass away in nineteen ninety three Mickey was six foot seven and a quarter inches tall, so you can see maybe maybe why he got this role, <laughs> yeah, because he needed to be tall enough. uh he is also fun fact the first actor to appear in both Star Wars and Star Trek.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. He was in this for Star Wars, and he was in Star Trek: The Original Series in an episode called "The Gamesters of Triskelion.
1: Oh, so he's like not only is he original Star Wars trilogy, technically, uh, he's, he's also original original Star original Trek. Star That's Trek. awesome. Yep, That's really yep. cool. Okay.
0: And he did he did other stuff. Um, he was in *Laverne and Shirley*, *The Bionic Woman*. There was a live mm. action DC uh, show called *Legends of Superheroes*. He played Solomon Grundy. Oh, because, cool! Because you know, six foot seven. Yeah um and also later on there will be a segment where uh is a character that has four arms he's the second set of arms we'll see <laughs> that'll, that'll come up later um but yeah that's that's our wookie family is uh these very seasoned professional actors wrapped in shag carpet and made to mime at each other
1: wow <laughs> yeah so i have a i have a it's brief bad. uh synopsis of what occurred before oh. uh they called who did they call
0: uh first person they call uh well they tried to do a find my phone on the falcon they can't so they facetime luke
1: okay yeah okay so uh (laughs) uh there is a demon child demon child oh my god i'm reading right off my notes by the way stephanie (laughs) (laughs) go
2: on go on Uh, speak your truth (laughs) a demon child has an
1: x-wing and threatens the mom Mom says, hey, can you do some chores? And Demon Child says, fuck you, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go over here and get this cookie. Mom is like, you can't have any fucking cookies before I cook. Uh, He walks up to uh, Grandfather and is like, Grandfather, can I do this? And he's like, I am not fucking with your mother right now. Uh, uh, But I really like your toy. I wish I had a toy. Hmm. Uh, and then, uh, they try to call the Falcon there, uh, they try to call up the Falcon's GPS. There is no Falcon GPS. Yeah. And then they they call Luke Skywalker to be like, where the fuck is Chewie?
0: They video call Luke, uh, who is, and then of course it is Mark Hamill. Now this is Mark Hamill post a new hope and post horrific car crash that happened after a new hope. Really? Yeah.
1: I thought it was pretty.
0: now, all of that pancake makeup is all over his face. That's covering up surgery scars.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, Okay. That's why the
0: makeup is so intense. Mark Hamill, uh, who is a lovely young man at this time, I mean, has got- I mean,
1: would bang him still, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd bang him now. Anyway, he doesn't listen to our show, so I can say that. Um, I, I hope he doesn't- but, <laughs> <laughs> he better not oh no uh anyway no he he's got so much pancake make like like a pound and a half a slap on his face it's like spackle and then he's got like the serious like eyeliner going it's bad they basically erased all of his facial features and tried to draw them back on
2: yeah yeah and,
1: but, and they his eyes glowed off the off off the television i was like
0: he's he still got the brightest bluest eyes i know yeah.
1: i mean i'm just like holy crap
0: but and i wouldn't don't quote me on it, but I think he's wearing a wig. Like, I, I don't you're know right. for sure, I think you're but it right. looks like a wig, which is something that you would have to do if you had to shave your head for extensive facial surgeries.
1: Yep. Oh, a uh, 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 note with this. Uh, I made a note. So Harrison Ford was clearly uh, on cocaine when he was doing his thing and he couldn't give no, two shits he was about- No,
0: he was on downers. That man was barely awake. I mean, he there was, was no on- no cocaine. He,
1: he was on something uh mark hamill had sleep. mark hamill had the full dilated eye blue eye glow <laughs> yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's where that's and where carrie, we're at
0: carrie fisher was floating through it on a cloud of happy quaaludes oh my anyway, god yes yes so so mala calls luke and is like um growl growl have you seen my husband and luke's like well they left if they haven't shown up there they're running late but it's okay and then god damn it he says
1: come on mala let's see a little smile What the fuck is that?
0: Ew! No! Stop telling Wookiee women to smile! No! (laughs)
1: We're gonna stand up for Wookiee women.
0: But it was, like, there's a lot of that, though, because it's like, you know, it's the 70s and it's it's sexist as There's a
1: lot of white savior uh, aspects to this, which we'll talk about later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, Mala's a big girl. There's no way she couldn't have started ripping arms off and beating people to death with them at any point. But okay.
1: And and, and, in an actual Star Wars story, if you call Luke Skywalker and you're like, hey, you know how you set Han Solo off somewhere? Well, he hasn't come here yet. Luke would be mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm going to get on my X-Wing right now and fucking figure out what the fuck happened. Cause exactly. That means Han's in trouble.
0: Yeah, instead of like just bitching at R2 because they're trying to repair something that's clearly on fire right behind him. Yeah. Anyway, so that call doesn't go anywhere that Mala wanted it to. So she, for some reason, she calls the local general store. <laughs> I didn't understand I do, I
1: do were- not- I, Okay.
2: I don't,
0: <laughs> I I, don't I, understand I, it. I don't understand it. But the reason that she's calling this trading post, this local general store, is because now we're transitioning into this skit with this guy. Right. Who is the the local trading post guy. His name is Son Dan. Uh, Would you like to know about the guy playing Son Dan? Please tell me. Son Dan is played by the legendary Art Carney. Art Carney uh, was born in 1918. He passed away in 2003. Um, he had a very rich career in radio shows all through the 30s and 40s. Uh, but he is best known for his portrayal of the character Ed Norton. Not that Ed Norton. Nope. A uh, Different Ed Norton. Uh, not Fight Club. Not American History X. Different Ed Norton. is Prior to all of that.
1: But there was still punching.
0: <laughs> there was. But he was Ed Norton in the 1955 show The Honeymooners.
1: Which I loved as a kid. I loved it. They had, I mean, uh, if they had a. If you were raised
0: by the TV, there it is, you know?
1: I mean, uh, Honeymooners was on, I think, Nick at Night.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, L- absolutely. Like, that's what a, I saw it.
1: Even, even as a kid, I, I was a terrible sleeper. Uh, I'm a natural insomniac. And mm-hmm. so, like, I, I would wake up, and I remember 1 a.m. was Honeymooners time. So I'd just turn around. I had a TV right next to my bed, turn it on, and just watch it. And that's. The Honeymooners was actually, what I remember, is one of my earliest memories.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like right after Mr. Ed. Yeah.
1: I love Mr. Ed. In that Ed. time
0: slot. I know! Okay, so uh yeah, he played uh, this character who got reprised over and over and over again. He wasn't just in the Honeymooners, he was in the Jackie Gleason show. Yep. He was in the Ed Sullivan show. This was Art Carney's thing. Art Carney was, make no mistake, the hook on this show. And that's why they use him so much throughout this show, is to, to keep the TV audiences watching. Also, he was in The Muppets Take Manhattan. So,
2: yep, yep. <laughs> I love him okay
0: he's he's actually one of the best things about the show, and that's because he's a goddamn professional,
2: yeah, he's I gonna mean,
0: do his job yeah. he's just he just doesn't you can only do so much with what you're working with, yeah, so and,
1: according, and according to my research on him, he was actually one of the nicest people uh on yeah. that you could work with, which is saying like there were there were a lot of fucking assholes <laughs> that were working yeah. in t v and movies back then, so yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, this this scene for as great as he is, this scene is nothing. It's there's like an imperial guard in his shop steals some shit and leaves, and he can't do anything about it because it's the empire. And
1: yeah. Uh, don't, and don't okay, I'm it. sorry. I'm going to be a Star Wars nerd. Why okay. is there a uh, imperial officer as part of the Death Star? Munition? Okay.
0: You know, yeah, the, he's he's got the big fucking the, the stupid black helmet. fucking hat. Yeah. He's got the big goddamn like Darth helmet helmet on the one that I was pretty sure was just for Death Star gunnery officers.
1: Yep, I guess and this for guy for some reason. Well, it's well, here. the story. The, my canon backstory is he was on a shuttle on his way to get you know go to the Death Star and they go out of hyperspace and it's like oh there's no Death Star. Well, fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'll go walk around on the Wookiee Forest. I'm going to go to Kashyyyk because
1: there's that fucking gift shop over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to leave there with a nose hair trimmer or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what's happening. Anyway, uh, so we... It, the guy, uh, Sondan, lets Mala know. He doesn't know where the fuck Han and Chewie are either. Then we cut to the Vader footage. We have Darth Vader. He's walking down the hallway. dun dun da, dun dun da, dun 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 That guy. Yep. And it is... It could not more obviously be... Movie footage.
1: Oh, because the, the quality is the totally le- different. Every, right! The set's totally different. They act, yeah, like, everything's different.
0: The leap, the quantum leap of quality from what we were just watching in the holiday special to this scene with Vader is ridiculoso. Uh But yeah, no, it's Vader. He's walking down the hall and he's like,
2: I want the rebels located and identified if it means searching every household in the system.
0: And that's it. That's the moment. That's our Vader moment. That's no it.
2: more moment.
1: Uh, no more Vader. And I have to say, I appreciate that because that at least keeps Vader cool, right? Because it was the only like cool moment of this whole fucking thing.
0: <laughs> My next note in going through this is: twenty minutes in, we are still in all Wookiee dialogue scenes. Uh, correct. Yeah. So we're back at the at the Chewbacca house, and uh, Mala has to cook Life Day dinner. And she's gonna follow a recipe oh from the Galactic Food Network.
1: Yep, because they of course <laughs> the Holonet has Food Network. Like the Holonet probably has like twenty Food Networks, right?
0: right sure. Uh, and so she turns on um, a character named Gourmanda. and uh, <laughs> because Gourmand means somebody who really likes food, right? Okay,
1: okay at least Gormanda had a appropriate Star Wars name. You know,
0: it's true. It's yeah. true. Um, but the the problem with Gormanda is um, is it just me or was Go- Gormanda absolutely one hundred percent Julia Child blackface drag?
1: So <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, bitch. That's... We can't. No, okay, she was, so she had, it was blackface drag. Tell me okay. it wasn't.
1: Okay, so give some context, y'all. Uh, blackface is horrible and offensive. Yes, period.
0: Yes and it is wrong go
1: It is so wrong but back mm-hmm. in the 70s it, it was socially acceptable and even someone like Carol Burnett and her show would do it mm. often. Now since then Carol Burnett and basically everybody every all of her cast including the actor who's portraying this this character mm-hmm. have denounced it and said it was wrong and wish they didn't do it. so let's keep that in mind
0: right. Yeah. yeah, like nobody is no nobody involved in this production is looking back on Gormanda and thinking, "God, that was a good decision." No, no it's bad. Even, um, it's, even it's though bizarre.
1: I stand Gormanda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Gormanda is played by an actor by the name of Harvey Corman, uh, who, as you said, he worked on the Carol, Burn- Carol Burnett show. Uh, he's a comedian. He's an actor. He was in the Flintstones. He was the Great kazoo. Yeah.
2: Yep.
1: Yep.
0: In Blazing Saddles, he was Hedley Lamar.
1: Not. Heddy, it's Hedley, Hedley Lamar.
2: The hell are you worried about? This is 1874. You'll be able to sue her.
1: <laughs> I love him.
0: I know, he's amazing. Uh, I, I he, love him he, so
1: much. He's so fun. He was in
0: Mama's Family. He was in the love boat. He had his own variety show. It was called the Harvey Korman Show. Yep. I mean... This guy's fucking great, and he has a few characters on the show, and he's another one of those actors who's just doing the best he can with what he's got. And so,
1: well, he he was—I mean, his his name was used. Uh, so this came back comes back from the my TV history expert. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He his his name brand meant something. He was that mm-hmm. he was there was a reason why he got a show after Carol Burnett was done with her uh, talent mm-hmm. or her her talent show or whatever it's called. So right, like he was all over television he was beloved he was adored he was one of the funniest people on tv at the point and he mm-hmm. still is like if you go back and watch his shit and the Carol burnett show it's still fucking funny as shit and so yeah. i love him i was so happy to see him it's like the blackface stuff it's the nice. blackface stuff is terrible but the character itself was fucking hilarious and i actually did laugh watching this
0: Right. He's actually doing, like, this is one of the few bright spots. Um, but I had a really hard time paying attention to it because, so, uh, <laughs> Gormanda has these big gloves on, right? Right. And with these big, light, fucking, clearly fabric gloves, she's handling what is obviously a large cut of raw meat. Like, that's the prop. It the is bantha, raw meat.
1: The bontha, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a, it's a bontha loin. It's yeah. this whole recipe is about going to cook it in a pot and going to, okay. But I love, I love what she
1: says. Now, today I'm going to be using the tenderest cut of the bantha, the loin. I was like, oh
0: God, <laughs> no. and She's like, cut it into bite-sized pieces, but only you know the size of the bites in your house. Like, <laughs> that is like straight lifted from Julia Child, though. Like, it that is, was, it is. Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Well done there. But, Okay. So, Mala is following along this recipe at home, okay? And Mala's costume is, you know, wookie arms, lots of hair, just like, like 10 inches of hair hanging off of her hands. But she is also handling a large piece of raw meat. Yeah. Like, that is obvious. That it's not fake raw meat. That's real goddamn raw meat. Mm hmm. Getting all in the fur. On that costume, and you know nobody's washing the damn thing in between takes or in between (laughs) – oh, my God. I just – I couldn't hear the rest of the skit over my horror – at just this contamination, the, the fucking salmonella costume that Mala is waving around. And then she goes around hugging people with those arms later. I just, yep. I
1: can't. Yep, yep, I yep. Cannot. yep, 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 yep. On, uh, on top of that, Mala's a terrible cook, apparently.
0: Yeah, she's awful. Yeah, she's well, just okay, like. But she just- so is
1: yeah, and I love how, like, halfway through the cooking demonstration, Gourmanda has a third arm and then a fourth arm suddenly sprouts. Yeah, she sprouts
0: out. two more arms. Yeah. Uh, both of which are, of course, um, those are Mickey Morton, also Mala. So Mala's in this scene twice. <laughs> <laughs> Good so job, Mala.
1: Are, so are we saying that she is the uh, uh, D. Bradley Baker of the show? She's the D.
0: Bradley Baker of Arms yeah okay. in this show yeah okay uh I like it. and also four four arms is this an early pong Krell? is this pong long lost bastard sister <laughs> anyway um ha- mala gets uh, yeah go ahead <laughs>
1: half human half whatever he was and sure. you have, and you have gourmanda uh, yeah so she's Gormanda is and she becomes the greatest chef uh, A uh, celebrity chef in the yeah. imperial era, so that's canon. Absolutely, yeah. There
0: you go. Okay. Fucking Gourmanda. anyway. So Mala loses uh, loses the the thread of this recipe and gives up like halfway through and just turns off the TV, uh, which is no way to get your fucking life day dinner done, ma'am.
1: Nope. Well, she's no. gonna doordash it at this point.
0: Oh well, yeah, she would have to. Anyway, uh, but fuck that whole scene. We're gonna cut back to the space battle. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so apparently Han Solo accidentally hyperspaced into the middle of more Imperials.
0: Yeah, I mean, why not?
1: Because um, the galaxy is fucking small.
0: Well, yes, and because he's fucking asleep. You hear the way he's delivering these lines. He's like, no, Chewie, I'm going to get you home.
1: This is one life they won't soon forget. Wait. Wait. I lost control of the remote cannons. No, yeah, well, he doesn't give a fuck. Oh, Harrison Ford does not give a fuck at this point.
0: He doesn't. I found uh, quotes from people who were involved in the production who were like, yeah, he was just there to say his lines and leave. Yeah. That's it. Well, he's he just sa- like, how he, long is he this going to take?
1: the bullshit it's going to be.
0: Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Uh, there's a wonderful moment later. We'll get to it. Anyway, um, so that's it. You know, they're still fighting TIE fighters. They're still stuck off in space back on the planet in Mala's house. Um, you know, Mala changed the channel away from the uh, cooking show and their, their uh, broadcast gets interrupted by an imperial announcement.
1: This, the imperial announcements are one of the worst parts of the show.
0: It's so goddamn awful.
1: So uh, the, you know, the imperial officer shows up on screen and it's like, Glamour shot meets ecstasy.
0: <laughs> right? So dumb. Uh, and he's there to announce that uh, due to local rebel activity, a.k.a. Han Solo and Chewbacca are up in space right now, they have declared martial law on the planet of Kazook. <laughs> it's Kazook. Do you know why he's calling it Kazook?
1: Why are they? Uh, I'm so scared to know.
0: They just hadn't named it Kashik yet. This was from early days. Again, the canon didn't exist. This planet was not called Kashyyyk yet. It was still called Kazook. And that is immortalized in this one line in the Star Wars Holiday Special.
1: So fashion. you're telling me that Kazook was the name of the Wookiee planet, according to George Lucas?
0: At the time, yes. He probably heard it in this special and went, oh, that's fucking stupid. I need to change that.
1: <laughs> I, I, I officially yes. retire from this podcast. <laughs> fucking, kazook? No. fucking kazook Fucking kazoo! Are you kazook, fucking kidding it. me? It's
0: fucking kazook oh, God. I'll drop the I'll drop the audio clip right here, and you can hear him say, "It's kazook
1: Due to suspected rebel activity on the kazook planet, I'm devastated right now.
0: I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I didn't do this You're to not you. Sorry. It was it happened. 40 you are some you, odd years ago.
1: Stephanie. Okay, you are doing this what? to me right now.
0: <laughs> <The amount> of- <laughs> this that's is you fair. that's fair no you're yeah. right you're right you're right you're right my Star Tories
1: episodes aren't gonna be that painful
0: <laughs> there's more episodes
1: oh there's one more at least yeah
0: <laughs> okay it's gonna be great all right so there's a knock at the door and it's it's Sondan from the shop he's there with presents presents that he like hands off one to Lumpy he makes Mala kiss him to get her gift
1: that was terrible <sighs>
0: And How about a kiss he, on
1: the lips? I would have loved what? for Chewie to have been there at that moment so I could see Chewie rip that dude's arms off.
0: I would have loved for Mala to rip his arms off right oh, then. They could She's a goddamn whoopee. They,
1: they could take each arm and just, you know, do yeah, it a Yeah, like a wishbone. Then, then they could, yeah, then they could beat beat him with his own arms while he's bleeding to death. Yeah. It'll be, be great. Yeah. So, so I, was, anyway. I was done with this character at this point.
0: <laughs> so Sundan is like, hey, itchy. Let me give you a little gift here on the sly. It's, uh... Yeah, it's a little uh Yeah, a little like lots of hinting here going on that he's giving him porn. It's porn It's
1: It's fucking it's a VR machine for porn. Yes, it is a porn
0: VR machine, which oddly enough is set up in the middle of this living room. That's where grandpa's porn VR machine is (laughs) just right there. No wonder Lumpy runs off upstairs to his room to play with his new toy. (laughs) So he's (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> I want to be in the room with this um and it is I found I found interviews with people in production. this next little vignette in the, in the thing is uh absolutely one hundred percent designed to be softcore porn that gets past the sensors for TV at the time. why that's I, I don't know why I don't know. but we thought here I was thinking that high republic was the first time that we get like sex sexy times in the star war well sexy times nope nope no
1: canonically mm-hmm.
0: here right here here's the first time that we get sexy times so fucking itchy in his horrible face gets into oh his porn vr and it manifest, manifests as like this weird fucking LSD acid trip, underwater, swimmy people stuff, and slowly coalesces into the magnificent face of Diane Carroll.
1: Yep. So, uh, side note: at this point, the uh, I don't know, two hundred milligrams of THC that I consumed <laughs> via a gummy kicked in.
0: No. As well as oh, as, as well honey.
1: as uh, several shots of whiskey and a beer. And this mm. and this uh this part still fucked still wasn't good.
0: <laughs> no. So this this vision that appears, her name is Mermea the holographic wow.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's her name.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mermea holographic wow. Anyway, she is played by Diane Carroll.
1: A fucking legend.
0: She's a goddamn legend. She passed away, tragically, in 2019. Diane Carroll, quick rundown, because there's too much to cover in, in its fullness, she had an amazing career. She's a Tony Award winning actor, model, phenomenal singer. Um, there were not a lot of roles for black women on Broadway at the time. She conquered all of them.
1: Literally all of them. Yeah. Literally
0: all of them. She worked with Dorothy Dandridge in multiple films, uh, TV variety shows with Carol Burnett, Judy Garland, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., and she kept working in TV and movies until 2013. And her scene here, yeah, I already said, this is 100% supposed to be porn, okay? So her whole thing is that she's like, you create me. I'm reading like your mind and your thoughts. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Oh, oh, we are excited, aren't we? She's so incandescent. She's so lovely. But it's still wrong and weird, and I don't like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, the 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 song itself was giving me some, like, Nancy Sinatra realness, but...
0: But there's a moment where she's, like, she's, you know, gathering, essentially gathering data from Itchy's subconscious to create her persona in this VR to, for to seduce him into the porn, okay? And so she says, I'll tell you a secret. I find you adorable. And then Itchy hits that on repeat. Yeah. I find you adorable. I find you adorable. Uh... I find... In the living room. Itchy. Uh, I'm just saying, Wookiees don't have good boundaries.
1: I, apparently not. Apparently it's totally acceptable no. to uh, go ahead and masturbate in the family room, which, whatever.
0: Yep.
2: That's and, where, Well, that, it's, life that's,
0: it's life day. It's life day. It's life day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a life day tradition, you don't know.
1: That's what was missing in the Lego uh holiday special was you're, the, you're right. uh, the the grand masturbation,
0: masturbation, masturbation the session theory. at the end of the Falcon.
2: <laughs> That's great.
0: Uh, that was a cutscene. Anyway, um <laughs> she sings she sings a beautiful, lovely, sultry LSD fever dream of a torch song. Um and it's it's it sharing with you this minute. <laughs> no, <laughs> just like that I'm not cutting it I'm leaving that in that right there Oh yeah that was beautiful Christopher thank you <laughs> So we finally are free of that scene we are rescued by C3PO
1: Thank god
0: For some reason he is calling Mala on behalf of Princess Leia and Leia well, uh, is uh, so
1: Hold on because Ka- Leia oh, is sorry. not Leia is not doing her own fucking phone calls Okay,
0: okay, that's fair. She's a princess. That's why you have a protocol droid. Okay, okay, I get it. But Leia's so fucking rude to Mala in this phone call. I don't want to type the channels. So could you do me a favor and send either Chewbacca or Han Solo to the screen, please?
1: Yeah, she's like, yeah, can you step aside? Is Han there with Chewie? Because I'll talk well, to them, like, not you. Trash. She's like,
0: never mind that I have a protocol droid right here that can translate every word you say. I don't I don't fucking have time for that. Will you get somebody who speaks basic on the line, please? I can't speak to you in your, nor- in your native language. I don't have time for your wookiness. Like, it's so rude. <laughs> Like, it is some straight up dismissive white lady shit. Yeah, like,
1: and she still is, and she still has the bun hair, which is which yeah. tells you how little we know about Star Wars. Like they they didn't even try changing it at this point. They kept the exact same hair she had uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> before and during the, Abel, the battle of Yavin. So
0: well, yeah, and they, you know all of the humans like Han and and Luke as well are wearing. Costumes from the movie because yeah. we need to make sure that they're as recognizable as possible. That's what that's about. Um, anyway, Crazy. the Crazy. point the point of this phone call was specifically only to let us know that Leia is in the show. There's no other point to this uh, other than to belittle Mala, and then uh, she gets Sean Dan. Sorry, Sondan on the screen, who she has never met. She does not know who he is. And she's like, hey, so Han and Chewie are missing. Um, they're running late. Will you take care of this family that I don't give a fuck about? Okay, thanks, Spy. Like that's how this and, whole conversation yeah, yeah. goes. So
1: there is some there is some portions of C3PO where he's classic C3PO. So at least that part yes. was intact. Yeah.
0: Anthony Daniels, um I found one of the writers specifically mentioned that Anthony Daniels had the most lines. Of any of the original Star Wars cast in this show.
1: That makes sense to me. So
0: there you go. Um, so then what happens next?
1: Uh, So we get a quick shot of Han and... Uh, wait.
0: Han and Chewie, <laughs> they make it to Kashyyyk, but they don't have anywhere to land because the Empire's everywhere.
1: Yeah, so that yeah, they're going to have to walk. And for some reason, Chewbacca thinks that's a really big deal. And Han's like, it's whatever. It's a big planet. We'll be fine. Yeah. And he's going to park. And then there's a shot of the horrible demon child just running fucking around the place again. <laughs> and then, oh my god, the door opens and there are fucking stormtroopers. And we break the commercial. Yes.
0: Well, yeah, and and commercial break. So yeah, the Empire's here. And for some reason, this ground team is being led by an Imperial officer and has a bunch of stormtroopers. And also, according to their giant black helmets, gunnery officers from the Death Star. Sure. Are here? Okay, sure, whatever. They are. They're doing, you know, fascist regime regime shit. They're like, "Hey, I need to see your IDs." Uh, you're, they're supposed to be four Wookies here. I only see three. Where's the fourth one? Blah blah blah. Lumpy tries to bite one of them. Um, yep. Uh, Sondan, it distracts one of the the Imperials from terrorizing this poor family. Well, he who,
1: well, not only that, but he kind of steps in and takes over the whole scene, and he's like, "Yes, yeah, fuck these Wookiees pieces of trash. I'll talk to you guys." Which is how it kind, yeah, came off to me.
0: Yeah, well, no, it felt very much like, uh, like Art Carney saying, nobody's gonna carry this scene. I've gotta get through this. Like, they're just, and so he's filling in gaps and he's like trying to sell them some stuff and blah, 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 blah. And he, he, you know, his working shtick is just as hard as he can, but this is so poorly directed. Like, it doesn't matter how good your actors are if they don't have good direction. Um the thing is gonna fail. And that's the one thing that's going on throughout this entire special is that nobody knows how long the scenes are supposed to be. Everything goes on for minutes longer than it should.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, like like look, variety shows aren't the best but there are a lot with really good timing that are really funny and really yeah. entertaining to watch they
0: get in they get the joke they get out they get in they get the joke they get out
1: yeah this show this is not did it.
0: not have that timing it
1: had the worst timing i'd ever seen on a variety show actually so like, bad like i laughed so i mean bad. i keep bringing up the brady bunch one because it's the worst one but there was still some funny <laughs> shit in that one there's no funny here at all like i laughed at shit i should not have laughed at kind of la- like right. kind of funny you know
0: exactly And so what are you gonna do? Um so Sean Sean Dan Sean uh sits down one of the Imperials who was like trying to who no, Lumpy just tried to bite him. So he's like, Here, let me distract you with this miniature hollow concert thing. Well, okay, but But, when when Lumpy bit
1: when Lumpy Lumpy bit the Imperial, I was hoping Okay, stormtrooper, <laughs> take your gun out and shoot it in the fucking head, and sure, I won't, sure. won't have to leave that sh- hear that shit anymore. But that didn't happen.
0: No, no. Instead, we get a little miniature laser light show, light bright <laughs> box concert. Who's who's in the box, Chris? Oh, what's in the box? Who's in the
1: box? Who's in the box?
0: No, who's in the box? Uh,
1: uh, Jefferson Starship. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of of uh, we built this city, fame.
2: Yes, <laughs> though we though
1: though we built the of city wings
0: change fame. <laughs>
1: <laughs> though that that song wouldn't come out for several years. So look, y'all. It's true. If you want to, if you want to have a good uh, a a good story about a rock and roll band that had their ups and their downs, and I mean like <laughs> fucking to the depths of hell downs. Um, you could read the Motley Crew books. They're, they're a good one. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, <laughs> but
1: mm-hmm. may I suggest you read about Jefferson Airplane forward slash Starship.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had to change what kind of vehicle they were. I don't understand.
1: Well, okay. So uh, really quick brief history. A Jefferson Airplane was a foundational band for the San Francisco psychedelic rock scene, which mm. eventually joined up with the psychedelic rock scene all over the world. And Jefferson Airplane, they were the, they were everywhere. They played Woodstock. They, uh, Grace, Grace Slick, the lead singer. She was an iconic mm-hmm. legendary. There are so many, mm-hmm. uh, pictures of her and, um, Janis Joplin and, uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, like all kinds of like Bob Dylan, all kinds of like mm-hmm. rock stars. Like they were, they were the it crowd. And as, as, want to do the stresses of fame and drugs and rock and roll in general uh caused several of the members of the band to start another project while jefferson airplane was on break that is Mm. jefferson starship
0: okay okay that's what happened
1: which eventually Grayslick joined and then and then got fired (laughs) and then and then joined and then joined later uh, oh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Grace Slick was not in the band clearly when this uh, this happened because it was all men uh, in the band, but mm-hmm. it should be noted. So kind of a weird thing happened. And this is another thing I talked to my uh, you know, TV history expert about because he was also married to somebody who was a bit of a music expert. Um, mm-hmm. The The 70s were a weird time for people who grew up in the late 60s on psychedelic rock music because, you know, a lot of them were into the hippie scene and then they graduate college and oh shit, they have bills to pay. Right. Uh, some yeah. of them have kids. What the fuck, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. but they still bought albums. Um, back in, back in these days, it was more likely that you would have multiple vinyl players versus a TV. The right. the uh, the album the v- vinyl scene was huge. It, the music scene, everybody. Pa- I mean, you had to pay for music. There was no YouTube or uh, MP3 share sites where you can just download mm-hmm. free music. You had to buy it if you wanted to listen to it. The rate the uh, not every uh, region in America had you know uh, a mainstay radio show to play all kinds of music. You know it was always very specific unless you were in a big city like LA where you had actual options. Uh, so you you had to buy vinyl records to uh, to hear any music. So mm-hmm. so with with Jefferson Starship, what I found was they actually still had a dedicated following. They were still kind of trying to fi- they were trying to figure out their sound in the seventies, and they kind of mm-hmm. went for this whole soft rock jazz mm-hmm. thing. And they actually had a decent following of people. A lot of people who grew up in the late 60s and on, on, hip, on hippie, psychedelic music, and then, you know, got little chill, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and yeah, they got older. And they got now older. They uh,
1: yeah. So, so uh, where uh, Jefferson Starship is today? All of them are addicted to drugs, and they're doing nice. some. Okay, yeah, great. Uh, but they had they had enough material to uh, come out with a uh, what they planned to do was a greatest hits album that was going to come out in the late seventies. Like think like a couple months after uh, mm. uh, th- this special aired, and this song was a special song that they recorded for the Greatest Hits album that they were going to put into the show. And Jefferson <laughs> Starship had enough of a following for it to be kind of a, a kind of, not a big deal, like they weren't the biggest band of the time, but enough of a cool deal where some people would be like, okay, I may actually watch the special just because I'm a huge Jefferson Starship
0: fan. Right. Yeah, they were planting as many hooks in this bait as they could to try and get as many people to watch this damn thing. And the name of the song is I believe called Light the Sky on Fire.
2: Will you light the sky on fire?
1: Light the sky on fire. Yep.
0: And it's like 7 8 minutes long, so that's very. But that was that eight. was
1: normal back then. I mean, yeah. that mm-hmm. uh, band, you know, I remember uh, I was when I was researching this, I was reading about a uh, a show on the BBC where Pink Floyd <laughs> Pink Floyd came on and they wanted to debut a new song. It was twelve minutes long. It never made it to any we of did. the albums. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: but I mean, like, this is this. this they are from the area. They have, they have their roots in the era of like Inagata Devita. Okay, yeah, which yeah. is a ten minute drum solo in the middle of the song. So like, it was just a different. There was a different attention span and a different pace to music at the time. Like they were telling stories, you know. Anyway, so Jefferson Starship, huh?
2: Yeah. So they
0: they have. I mean, this is the variety show. You're gonna have a band come on and do a musical number. If it, if this was the Ed Sullivan show, it would have been the Beatles. You know, like that's that's how this is. So um, that shit's finally fucking over. And I'm not a Jefferson yeah, Starship fan. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, one of the members, I think, I think he was the bassist. I'm not quite sure, but a guy named Jude Gold uh, said that uh, none of the band members had any memory of taping this.
2: they don't
0: remember being shoved inside of a little black box and stared at by a giant imperial officer that didn't happen they don't have any memory of that? Weird. I would remember that.
2: That's
0: <laughs> anyway, so concert over. We are done with that skit. We are back into the scene. The stormtroopers are shoving guns in people's faces. The Imperials are harassing che- Chewbacca's family. They ransack Lumpy's room for some reason. Well, um, it's
1: a demon child, so why not?
0: Yeah. Uh, the Imperial officer is super creepy. Like, I fully expected any second for him to, like, let mala know that he would call off the troops if she would just like bone him yeah a little bit yeah like that was the vibe yeah like i'm not wrong right that was the vibe
1: that was the vibe that was it was okay. rapey it was super rapey
0: yeah so to the to the extent that he actually was like hey will you distract your demon son let's distract the child and get him out of my face Uh, Yeah, which again felt like so that you and I can go bone in the corner like that was what that felt like. Yeah, And so that was weird. But okay, so we're gonna distract the kid and we finally finally get to the Boba Fett cartoon. Because that's how we're distracting the child.
1: Is this the part where the Imperial officer says, after they fucked up his room, Oh, you should go clean your room now? No, that was later. Okay, that was later. No, okay, that was later that, yeah. that's my favorite. That was my favorite. My second favorite part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it doesn't matter when it happens, though, because it's not like the continuity of this event matters. I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> Just I don't. Okay, so uh, we go. We jump into the Boba Fett cartoon. The title splash page that goes up is because this is an in-universe cartoon. It says the story of the faithful Wookiee in Orabesh,
2: which
1: is cool.
0: So this leads me to believe that Luke Skywalker and Boba Fett are cartoon characters canonically in the Star Wars universe. What? What? Uh, what? Uh, what do you mean? What, because can, this you, is,
1: can you extrapolate? This is a
0: cartoon show that they are making this kid watch. The kid's like, okay, I'll watch my fucking cartoons. The title page splashes up in Oribesh. It is in-universe the show. Like, that's a TV show that he's watching. It is a Star Wars universe TV show. And the title screen says, In Oramesh, the story of the faithful Wookiee. And this cartoon has Chewbacca, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, C-3PO, R2-D2, and it introduces the character of Boba Fett. And they are all cartoon characters in this cartoon that exists within this universe that this kid is watching.
1: So are you suggesting that the, the Rebellion... Has created propaganda animated shows Uh and distributed them through (laughs) the galaxy?
0: I mean, I'm not suggesting that. The show is suggesting that. The Star Wars Holiday Special is suggesting that. It's right there in front of us, man. Open your eyes. Wake up, sheeple. (laughs) 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 No, I don't fucking think that that's actual canon, but I'm going to enjoy the thought.
2: So so
1: in between talking to Bothans, Mon Mothma is like, hey, (laughs) we need to get some cartoon shows started so we can start to popularize our rebels a little bit.
2: We
0: need to radicalize the demon children. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we (laughs) need. It was a a small local network thing. Anyway, um, I honestly didn't really follow the plot of the cartoon very well. Uh, I was too busy being really weirded out by the animation.
1: I fucking hate the animation. Because even, really, the, he, even the even the even the characters in the animation, especially like the horrible Han Solo animation, they look like mm-hmm. they're on fucking drugs.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially Han Solo. His eyes are closed.
1: His, jo- his, is like, his jaw is like disconnected from his face, but is it's like so floating weird. underneath it. It looks like, terrible. Who
0: did the animators just meet Harrison Ford and hate him? What happened here?
1: I don't know. Why what is happened. that
0: character? Why does he look like that? So the animators they. CBS wanted to use the animation studio that they had at the time, which was Hanna-Barbera, like Yogi Bear, the Jetsons, that animation studio. And George Lucas was like, no, I've emerged and shown up to the production for this one moment, and I'm going to veto <laughs> that idea. I want you to use this independent animation studio. It's the same studio that made Heavy Metal.
1: Yeah. Remember it that l- movie? It looked like it.
0: It's which, the same animation. Which, by the way, I like. Right, but it's different when it's heavy metal because the way that animation works is great for boobs. Yeah, which is what heavy metal is ninety percent cartoon boobs. But here, no, we're, we're crashing a spaceship. We're crashing the Millennium Falcon into like a jello mold ocean. Is that because <laughs> that, the, the, the viscosity of this body of water was a little disturbing? It was like jello, and. Uh, and so, uh, Boba Fett shows up. He introduces himself.
2: Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett.
0: Because there's some kind of sleeping sickness or something that's loose on the ship. I don't understand it. He's like, I know where we can find a cure for this. Boba Fett in this, in this cartoon is voiced by an actor by the name of David Franks. Mm hmm. David Franks has done tons of voice work, most notably to you and I. Uh, In the 90s X-Men cartoon, he was Sabretooth. (gasps) Uh Uh-huh. And in the never-ending story, he was the Gamork.
2: I was sent to kill the only one who could have stopped the nothing. I lost him in the swamps of sadness. His name... Was a trail. No.
0: Yes, ma'am. Oh. Yep.
2: That takes me back.
0: I know. <laughs> so yeah, no, he's a badass, a badass of voice actory. So they get him in here to to play Boba Fett. And he does a really good job. Like the cartoon's probably one of the best parts of this entire holiday special. And it's there's a reason why people stopped watching after this cartoon. They were like, you know what? It can't it can't improve from here that was the high point i know what i saw
1: i i hate it i hated it i just hated the animation i couldn't do it the um, animation
0: was terrible it was yeah. inconsistent too
1: like, it was luke, yeah. luke
0: skywalker's face changed like five times
1: exactly well yeah and the thing is weird. the company that did the animation for this they did a, they've done way better than this so i had yeah to, I, don't know. I have to assume they you know working with a a television company like how much time do you get to animate
0: I, I don't know. I, it felt rushed. It felt weird and sketchy and, uh, like nobody actually gave a fuck. Again, this was a paycheck.
1: It was a paycheck. That's what it yeah. was. That's fine. Yeah.
0: So anyway, the cartoon's over. Um, if you guys can, you can probably find the Boba Fett cartoon, the story of the faithful Wookiee on YouTube. It's, it's worth watching. The animation's awful, but for its historical, its Star Wars historical value, this is the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yeah. Period.
1: Yeah, and we so, will. Uh, Though th- you'll have problems with some of the canonical stuff. Like for example, there's a part where Boba Fett, uh, while helping Luke uh, and and Chewie, he you know DMs Vader.
0: Yeah, he calls Vader,
1: and he's like, "Ooh, Vader! Guess who? I have the rebels!" Ooh. And Vader's yeah. like, "Oh yes, you're my right hand man." And no, he's not. He's a fucking bounty hunter. Yeah. Vader has no right so, hand, yeah. men.
0: <laughs> but the, the main canon impact is prior to this cartoon, Boba Fett's whole look was solid white because that was the prototype of the Boba Fett armor was a solid white set of, of clothes and armor. The color scheme of Boba Fett's armor comes from this cartoon.
2: All right. Where he's
0: got kind of like the beige under, undersuit and then the green breastplate. All of that comes from this cartoon. So, can we his just talk look-
1: about, uh, so can we just, uh, can we make like the viewers of the show and stop talking about the show right after the cartoon? And, <laughs> and, and we can start talking about every individual Book of Boba Fett trailer? <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, bitch. We're in this for the long haul. We don't right. understand. All right. Okay, the cartoon's over. Well, I do over. want to talk We're- about
1: my my other favorite part. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, we gotta get we have to get to be Arthur at least. Okay, I know, right. <laughs> so the we the cartoon is over. Uh Lumpy returns back to his current reality, which is unfortunate because the Imperials are trashing his room some more. They're ripping apart his toys. They rip the head off of a bantha plushie. That I want. I want it. I want Lumpy's toys. I want his wooden X wing, and now I want this bantha plushie.
1: It's kind of that fucked a- up. He has a bantha plushie, and there's bantha loin sitting out down downstairs in yeah. the kitchen. Yeah.
0: Uh, when my kids were little, they had little toy like cows and ducks and, and chickens and stuff, and we eat that. So
1: <laughs> that's kind of disturbing, though, isn't it?
0: Not if you don't think about it too hard. Fuck you, <laughs> anyway. So. That is when the imperial's like, uh, 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 go clean your room, and Sad Lumpy goes up and cleans his room. Ah! And the, imperial's... the imperial's very proud of himself for this because, because I hate Lumpy he's so much. Evil. And then, yeah, Lumpy's awful. But then we get, my God, this is the longest. Most interminable fucking scene in this entire (laughs) long and interminable fucking special. Lumpy opens up the gift that he got earlier from Sondan, and it's an amorphian thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means, but it is, it it comes with a video instruction manual for its, for setting it up. And the video, okay. So the <laughs> the video instruction manual that is uh, oh god where is it that's Harvey Corman. Yeah. He is it's playing the, uh, the You know American what I just realized though I'm sorry
1: to I'm sorry to slam the bake the brakes on god. this. This is like you said like the order of the show doesn't even fucking matter. You know, we completely didn't talk about the circus at the very at, at the earlier part of the show. There was
0: a circus at the beginning. We move on.
2: <laughs> it was, it,
1: it, that's all that's all you want to say about it just, it was a
0: little it was a little acrobat show it was like on, on it was there, terrible um, it, was,
1: it was it was the shittiest thing i've ever like seen in my life a little
0: anyway. hollow acrobat show that's
1: yeah it. anyway we move on okay
0: we move on so back here i'm sure there's of uh,
1: people in real life
0: yeah seriously it just went on for so long and i still don't understand the point of it it was just harvey corman doing his best to like pretend be like an android thing it was awful it, and it literally was the
1: most awkward part of the show it far. was
0: literally like ten minutes.
1: It lasted forever,
0: it's so long. Anyway, all of that gets interrupted by another live broadcast from the Empirical Forces, and this is my favorite part.
1: The empirical Forces, not the Imperial. <laughs>
0: no, yeah, well, Imperial. Sorry, it's my autocorrect on my notes turned it into Empirical. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, it j- they they're like here, okay. <laughs> I'm going to read this because this line killed me. Maybe I was just starved for entertainment, and it wouldn't have been funny in any other context, but I think this might actually be fucking hilarious. They introduce, this is mandatory viewing. Everybody has to watch this. Okay? This is Propaganda Network. Right. So the announcer comes on and goes, time now for life on Tatooine. Brought to viewers in the hope that our own lives may be uplifted by the comparison and enriched <laughs> with the gratitude of relief. <laughs> so
1: for real right now, I honestly believe if Count Dooku somehow ended up on top instead of Palpatine or Anakin. On
2: top.
0: Hmm?
1: well on top but like <laughs> as top. you know as the emperor of yeah. the uh, empire i would have i honestly believe he would have done something similar
0: he would have just turned on live webcams on tatooine and been like see look at that shithole. hole at no, least you're I, not I, there I, right well
1: Maybe or like 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 distorted documentaries of different parts of the galaxy yeah, showing sure. off. Yeah, like because he was like crazy fucking Nazi, you know. So like yeah, that makes was. sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but That's this, good. on the other hand, proves to me that Palpatine's a big old homo. <laughs> because he's what he's really doing is that he's not only not only is he right now in the mood to watch a magnificent and wonderful uh, goddess uh, mm-hmm. do her drag queen show. Uh, but he wants the entire galaxy to watch with him,
0: right? And, and he's that's like, the, "You all have to watch this. Drop what you're doing and watch this. She's amazing." Yeah, so like, that's that's okay. that's the
1: deal with what we're experiencing next.
0: So we are in a cantina. It's not the cantina because it's not the same set, but it is a cantina on Tatooine, and we meet uh, the owner operator of this cantina, a lovely lady by the name of Akmina. Yep, and Akmina is played by B. Arthur. Would you like to know some details about B. Arthur?
1: Uh, go ahead and educate me.
0: <laughs> you probably know a lot of this, but I' am so goddamn delighted to do this. Anyway, B. Arthur was born in 1922, uh, and she was always funny and enormously tall. She was five foot nine by the age of 12, and she was voted wittiest girl in her school. <laughs> She always wanted to be an actor, a performer, all of those things. Her big break came in 1964 when she played Yenta the Matchmaker in the original Broadway production of Fiddler on the Roof. Wow. Yeah. She went on to debut a brand new musical you may or may not have heard of called Mame, where she and her new BFF, Angela fucking Lansbury, both won two Tony Awards out of that show. I know. Uh, she went on to TV. She had her own TV show called Maud, where she played the title character, Maud, that ended in 1978, I think right before this holiday special. So she had some free time. Uh, she is, of course, best known by our generation for her role as Dorothy Zbornak in The Golden Girls. Blanche, have you heard the latest ad campaigns? Join the Navy, see the world, sleep with Blanche Devereaux. <laughs> <laughs> it started in 1985 and ran for seven seasons. And uh, then on into, there was a spinoff. I think it was Empty Nest was a spinoff. Anyway. Um, there were, two, was, there were inducted- two
1: spinoffs, actually. But uh, anyway, oh. we don't have to talk about that.
0: This is not Golden Girls Divas.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> not- <gasps> oh, totally my God. God. <laughs> is that not on the fucking list? <laughs>
0: it is now golden girls divas coming at you in 2023 all right we actually
1: actually here's the problem with doing golden girls divas so we we take something that's not generally funny and make it fucking hilarious
0: oh that's true and we're never going to be as funny as never
1: them. not never. Ever, ever we will not there no. is no there is no reality there's no multiverse mm-hmm. where you and i are funnier than those four women no, no fucking way absolutely Mm-mm. not no nope. no sorry no, you're
2: right
0: okay no they win we can't let's just watch yeah. golden girls let's just not <laughs> let's just watch
1: golden Boys. girls that <laughs> instead of the instead Instead of watching what we do in the shadows, you're going to watch Golden Girls again. Which, okay, that's fine. You're you're playing to my uh, weak weak side now. So yes,
0: okay. So uh, B. Arthur was inducted into the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Hall of Fame. She was a mom, a grandmother, a lifelong animal rights activist, and yep. a fierce advocate for the LGBTQ community. In a um, 2005 interview, she is quoted in regards to the holiday special as saying, "Quote." I didn't know what that was about at all. (laughs) I I was asked to be in it by the composer of that song that I sang, Good Night But Not Goodbye. It was a wonderful time, but I had no idea it was even a part of the whole Star Wars thing. I just remember singing to a bunch of people with funny heads.
1: (laughs) And you know what? She fucking killed her role. Like she fucking she, killed it. She showed up to work. She did her th- shit. She did it to you know. She was classic B Arthur in that whole thing. Mm-hmm. She did her best, and I think she she I, at least as as well as she could have in the circumstance. She succeeded.
0: She's a goddamn legend for a reason. Yeah. She she follows the rules. The rules that you and I were taught in college for an actor. You are on time, prepared, and sober. That's yep. all you got to do. And she showed up, she did her job, she fucking killed it. She was a definite bright spot in this entire special. And that and then she was gone and it's downhill from there. But Oh my god. Uh, so this scene, the Cantina scene, for one thing, uh hooray, Figrin Dan and the modal nodes are playing, tearing yep. it up yep. in the Cantina. Uh and some guy with a with a crater
1: <laughs> on the top of his head. It, there's an orifice on the top of his head, Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: His name is Krellman. He is in love with Akmina. Uh and she serves him a drink and he pours it into the, into into the top, his of, head. top of it his head. his head. the top of his head. Yeah. Top top of his head. Uh Krellman is also played by Harvey Corman. Uh and Krellman gets really handsy with Akmina. Like gets behind the bar and like grabs her and hugs her and she's like, "Okay, would you uh why don't you go away." And get off me now. And go sit down. Like she just kind of shoves them off, uh, and they get interrupted by an imperial alert. So now this is an imperial alert, alert within an imp- imperial alert. I can't even say it.
1: So uh, this so, is
0: imperial alert alertception.
1: Yeah. So I canonize this. So uh, oh, no. if we're assuming this is a live uh, a live shot, like this is all happening in real time, Palpatine's mm. like, "I'm gonna make this more interesting," <laughs> and and you know, call, make, makes a phone call. Gets an Imperial Admiral to do some shit, and boom.
0: And boom, they make an announcement that uh, that dear, due to rebel activity, there is now a curfew on Tatooine, and everybody needs to go home.
1: Now, you and I know that uh, more, uh, more in line with Star Wars uh, canon, there is no fucking way Palpatine would pull this shit on Jabba the Hutt. Uh uh-uh. uh. There's no way.
0: No. No. The, the other rim territories are so far beyond his control. Yeah. No. No.
1: No, no. no. But, but whatever. Anyway. But
0: whatever. Well, whatever. But we have to do it so that Amina can be like, everybody go. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Get out. And everybody's like, no. And they start banging their their cups on the tables and they're like, one more round. And she's like, fine, fine, fine. One more round. Which it's on the if, house. If,
1: if it had been filmed just a little bit differently. It could have been like a sweet, sincere, wonderful moment where they wanted to stay for one more round for her because they think this is fucked up that she has to close down and they want to still be there to support her. But it just wasn't shot well, so it didn't come come off as well. It
0: it, it came off as they just wanted more more drink, please.
1: And she's like, get the fuck out. I don't want to get shot by a bunch of stormtroopers.
0: Yeah. So she has a whole song. Uh, called goodnight but not goodbye it's actually pretty good just one more rhyme friend yes it's a crime friend
1: but you know time friend time can fly
0: so it's good night friend good night but not goodbye uh, if you guys want to go to youtube and see if you can find just the b arthur cantina scene it's pretty great uh she does have a moment <laughs> where she sing- she sings to a giant rat <clears throat> did you see the giant rat
1: the giant rat is a uh, a prop that was just yes! on the lot
0: no it was uh yeah they just found it on the lot that was a puppet from the 1976 film food of the gods yep uh about an island full of giant killer animals but because this giant rat that they just stole from somewhere else on the lot, they like found it in a closet and went, okay, it's singing with B. Arthur now. Uh, <laughs> because it got stuck in the holiday uh, special, it is now canon <laughs> that these giant rat people exist. They are known as Tintinna or Tintin dwarves. And they are a race of sentient rat folk in the Star Wars universe which is another point in favor of the holiday special is canon
1: I'm I'm leaving <laughs> I can't I just I just I <sighs>
2: It's
0: just—it really is just like a giant stuffed animal with a moving mouth. It's not even a good puppet. It's a giant. No,
1: it's, fucking a, ter- rat. it's a terrible.
2: It's a terrible.
1: Like you can't see me on screen right now, Steph. But I'm burying my hands in my face right now. I can't even. I can't even move on. Fuck out next your part. own
0: eyeballs. Always. I
1: want to forget that we ever did this episode right now.
0: <laughs> you cannot. It will live on in infamy. Oh, and uh, Jesus. it's going to be one of our longer episodes. Good God. Okay, That's so. Moving on, moving on. Uh, so she finally manages to kick everybody out. It's actually a really good number. But uh, the Im- the enforced Imperial broadcast is over. We're back to uh, K- Kazook, the planet Kazook, <laughs> uh, where the Imperials are getting called away from Mala's house. But they leave one trooper behind because that one trooper has any fucking chance in hell against a family of Wookiees.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, okay, like, well, I'll just what? throw his ass over the side right now. Like, what's he gonna do?
0: Exactly. Uh, but no, uh, the, the trooper does realize though that the signal calling the Imperials away was faked. It was faked by Lumpy. Lumpy upstairs with his thing, a morphian <laughs> thing. I don't know what that w- like somehow he faked the signal and so the trooper gets up there it's all very tense danger 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 the trooper gets up in lumpy's face and the two adult wookies in the room don't do anything about it and he uh roughs lumpy up a little bit and breaks his computer
1: which I kind of I like that part
0: but then who should arrive Chewie it's Chewie Chewie and Han have finally showed up huh
1: and at this point, I don't care anymore. <laughs> look, at, anyway, they, uh, look at look at look at Hansel's face and tell me how much emotion is there in this moment. <laughs> there is so, fucking none.
0: The only emotion on his face is after they murder the stormtrooper, like knocking him over the balcony at the top of this enormously tall tree. Um, you know, there's little Lumpy, and Lumpy's so scared, and he has to pick up Lumpy. But inside the Lumpy outfit is a. Full-grown, three-foot-eleven woman. She's a good seventy-five pounds, and so you see Harrison Ford go, oh, <laughs> and then immediately hand her off to Chewie. <laughs> He's like, yep. "Here's your son.
1: Uh. <laughs> Get this fucking monster away from me." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now that Chewbacca is oh, in the room, now that Chewbacca's in the room with his family, with Mala and Itchy and Lumpy, you can see that Chewbacca is an exceptionally handsome Wookie,
1: right? I mean, especially like, compared to the grandfather.
0: Yeah. Um, and really what that comes down to is one of these Wookiees had a movie quality costume and three did not. Correct. Three had a TV budget costume. And there's the difference. Like, his family are the Wookiees that you got off Wish. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> like they're bad. <laughs> They didn't look that bad until Chewie got in the room, and then it's like, oh no, oh this okay, but is unfortunate. Look, okay,
1: but look, Han and Chewie, when they relax, they go to the spa.
0: Because if you
1: saw like <laughs> because Harrison...
0: they can because they abandoned their families.
1: <laughs> right? They exactly they they like like Harrison Ford had really great hair. He was clean shaven, mm-hmm. right?
0: Mm-hmm, tell mm-hmm. me,
1: tell me, I'm. Tell me I'm wrong.
0: Oh, no, no. They look great. They look great. He's got some manscaping going on with his chest. Yeah. They're, it's nice. 70s manscaping. In fact, I, I, I,
1: I used to have a canon in my head where, you know, when, when, uh, Han, when Han and Chewie decided that they weren't going to help the Rebels in the Death Star situation, they went to the spa. And in, in a mud <laughs> bath, Han's like, you know... I kind of want to help that kid, and then they, you know, they they get dressed and cleaned, and they go to the. Store. I can't
0: even enjoy my cucumber water right now. Let's go. <laughs> I have this weird feeling. Is it guilt? Is that what this is? <laughs> Ugh, we should go help. <laughs> Just like that, and thus the spa head cannon was born. Yeah. There you go. Okay. 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 So, uh, they're like, Hey, we made it back for life day. Here you go. And Han's like, I gotta bounce because I'm not staying here with you monstrosities. And I'm
1: uh, done. I, 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 as an actor, <laughs> am done.
0: <laughs> I'm done. I was paid for exactly five minutes of filming and your time is up by. He bounces and, uh, there is a really awkward reunion.
1: So, between awkward. Chewbacca,
0: Chewbacca and his wife, Mala. There's like a, a Wookiee smooch. Almost, almost a smooch. They finally give up on trying to make the smooch work because it's so awkward and they just hug, they just hug it out. Uh, but even then, now you've got like Mala's weird, raw meat encrusted limbs just oh, wrapped around you. So. But but maybe that's hot to Wookiees, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, to, to Wookiees, sure, but to the yeah, actors sure. who are inside these costumes, uh. ugh. <laughs>
0: So anyway, fucking Sondan comes back. The Imperial alert goes out trying to call the trooper that just got murdered. And Sondan is like, I can take care of this. I'm the white man. Watch. And he plugs his little uh, ID into a machine, calls the Imperial officer, spins up a big lie about what happened to the trooper. The day is saved. Thanks, Sondan.
1: Yep. Sondan's the hero of the show. Not not Luke Skywalker or Han Solo or Chewie.
0: Or even Mala in her own house.
1: Yeah, Keg? yeah. <laughs> or even all on your own house. <laughs> <laughs> even the even the poor, basically single mother who's have, also having to take care of the goddamn grandfather.
0: Oh, <laughs> of this dirty old man. Blech. Ugh. Okay, so then things start getting weird. Like it hasn't been. You think it's been weird up to now? Oh no, no, no. Oh no, babies. No, now it gets weird. Because Be now the wookies, the wookies pull out. The
2: candles.
0: (laughs) And everything gets very solemn. Now, for this final scene, I mentioned earlier, the show had run out of budget. They had no more money left for a set for this final scene. Like, it was supposed to be, like, a really cool, sacred, like, tree cave situation. They didn't have that. What they had was an empty soundstage and, like, part of the base of a tree and a fog machine. I love it. And hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of candles. So they just lit candles and scattered them all around the soundstage, turned on a fog machine, and did like a green screen effect for everybody to just stride in their red robes. Because by the way, Life Day is a cult.
1: (laughs) No! They are the Red Wizards.
0: And they are sacrificing themselves by walking into a green screen sun because can we get out of this And when I saw show. that, that
1: was my impression was these people <laughs> have had it with life. They're going to light these candles and uh, activate some sort of a situation where they're in space. And they're gonna—they get to walk towards the sun, so they may burn yeah. up and incinerate, and they're dead. They're gone.
0: They're like, if if the sun does not accept the sacrifice, then the cold, sweet vacuum of space will end my suffering. <laughs> get me out of this fucking story. Get me mean, out of this, this fucking state- story, no matter what.
1: <laughs> what it turned out to be, though, Steph, mm-hmm. was the official debut of the world between worlds.
0: Shut up. There, I said it. God damn it, Christopher.
2: <laughs> but that's
0: pl- that's, I hate how plausible that is. You go, you go fuck yourself. You go fuck yourself right into not saying that anymore. Ugh. No, it's super plausible. I hate you now. This is
1: the Shit. only thing that I have been looking forward to is telling you this thing. <laughs> this is it. This is horrible to watch. I am so angry right now.
0: Dave Filoni, if you can hear the sound of my voice, A, I'm sorry for everything that I've said prior to this episode, but B, (laughs) um, did you see this? Is this, is this the inspiration? Is this the inspiration for the world between worlds? Is this, is this where you got it? (sighs) Don't answer that. Don't answer that. I don't want to know. I don't need, I need to not know that that's true. I can't, I can't.
1: And here we are.
0: I quit. <laughs> I quit the show. I love
1: how we both quit this show. The same episode. <laughs> Fuck Star Wars. I hate it.
0: I'm flipping a table. i done. Fuck your dark side divas. Okay, oh but let, let's, World let's just get worlds. through.
1: Let's, we got one more scene.
0: Okay, 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 okay. So by this point in the production, George Lucas is completely checked out. He's, oh, he's, he's making He hasn't Empire come back Strikes in weeks back. at this point. <laughs> yeah, they have, they, he hasn't even met half the people involved in this show. They don't know. Uh, and multiple sources of people in production say that everybody knew by this point in filming, everybody knew it was terrible. Everybody knew it was awful what they had made, but they had to finish it because paycheck, because contract. So okay, what what how what's the cherry on top of this particular shit Sunday that we've been sitting in for 2 hours? Tell me.
1: So Princess Leia <laughs> <laughs> I can't even fucking say it. <laughs> Princess Leia uh, Princess Leia has a official life day song <sighs> that she would like to sing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That goes to the melody of the Star Wars theme song.
2: A day
1: <laughs> and yeah and the only good thing i can say about any of it is if you if if any of you actually do want to watch this shit which i am not recommending i've been joking no. that y'all should suffer with me but no please i care about y'all don't watch this. save yourselves save no. yourselves
2: <laughs>
1: but if you do I want you to keep a very close eye at every opportunity you have to watch Harrison Ford's face.
0: Yes. Oh my god. I was concerned. It's in my notes right here. She is singing. They cut to Harrison Ford who is praying for death. He is not.
1: He is not in character. He is no. He is visibly upset by what he is doing.
0: That is not Han Solo in that scene. That is Harrison that Ford. That's Harrison
1: and fucking he's Ford.
0: Pissed.
2: He is so pissed.
1: And that is a well, foreshadow to the man that Harrison Ford will become.
0: He aged 10 years in that scene. It was amazing.
2: Absolutely. Well, and
0: the thing is, is Carrie Fisher only agreed to do this fucking show on the condition that she get to sing a song. She is the child of Debbie Reynolds. She wants to sing a fucking song. exactly. She was so happy to get to sing. And then she got this song and she was like, what the fuck? Is this. She hated the song. But now you gotta sing it. Because you insisted on a song. And here's your song, bitch. Sing. (laughs) Do it. God. Anyway. So the song is mercifully short. By the way, Luke Skywalker was also supposed to have a song. And Mark Hamill talked them out of it.
1: God bless Mark Hamill.
0: Yeah, he's a brilliant young man at the time. Uh, he is a national treasure. So the song is mercifully short, and it segues clumsily into the Star Wars triumphant march music from the end of A New Hope, when the when only two of the heroes of the Rebellion get medals and Chewie doesn't get anything. That scene? Ugh. It is a blatant and transparent uh, ploy, because now that music starts to play and we sort of like do a fade dissolve over Chewie's handsome furry face. And they show a montage of scenes from a new hope. Yep. And so now we have the most blatant and desperate ploy, uh, to, to hopefully save this production and remind the audience that by the way, there really is a really cool movie behind this shit show that you just sat through for 90 minutes, you trooper. And, uh, Please, please forgive us. Remember the cool movie. Remember that there's another movie coming out. And look, Star Wars is cool. What you just watched wasn't cool, but Star Wars is cool, huh?
1: Yeah, and also huh? this is also the uh, uh, you know because again people don't get to see footage of Star Wars all the time because of right. the lack of access. So yeah, I mean
0: it's not like that anybody had like a DVD. No, there was no there was bare, there wasn't even nothing. VHS at the time. Yeah, yeah, no, there was nothing.
2: Nothing. Yeah. So
0: this was this was crumbs. This was morsels of of real Star Wars sprinkled on at the end. You think it's the end? Is it the end though? Oh my God. No, no, oh we're my still God. not done.
2: No, no, that was the end.
0: <laughs> no, there's one more scene. There's a little denouement at the end, if you will, uh, where Chewbacca and his family, the four Wookies, they gather around a, din- a dinner table, apparently a life day dinner. But if you look at the spread that's in front of them, did you see? Did you see what they were going to be eating?
1: What are they going to be eating, Steph?
0: It looked to me like Jareth the Goblin King's crystal juggle balls.
1: That's exactly that what table. I have in my notes.
0: <laughs> Get out of my brain, you
1: bitch. I hate you. But but
2: <laughs> I was
1: but literally at this when I saw this, I I didn't I did not finish it. I will confess for the first time, I did not finish watching that You didn't make it thing. to the credits? No. I I was like I'm you fucking done. You
0: slut. Oh,
1: I I was you're done. You're weak. I am weak. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah.
2: I'm weak.
0: <laughs> we would all be weak, nigh unto death by this point. I was so exhausted, but I had to. St- I had to see it through. I had to get to the credits. I had to see the names of the people who will f- forever have this albatross of a production hung around their necks.
2: <laughs> so that was nice. But
0: anyway, yeah. So the family sit around to their Jareth's Balls dinner and uh, <laughs> bow their heads and happy life day everybody are we done <laughs> and that's it we finally get to the credits holy shit the show is over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and i can
1: only laugh
0: <laughs> so we don't cry <laughs> so yeah this
1: is the definition of trauma
0: Oh my god, you guys. We watched it, so you don't have to. Now my you know god. all the sexy trivia about it, so you don't actually have to watch it, but you can sound nerdy and smart at nerdy smart cocktail parties. And, uh, you never actually have to watch it if you don't want to. Uh, I don't recommend it. This was exhausting. And <laughs> I, um, I, am a lesser person for the experience. So. I'm,
1: I'm a bad person. All the things that all the bigots have said about us this week is right. <laughs> We're, we, are we are trash. Yep, yep, yep. We are trash. We are complete trash in the right. Uh, so that's what this has done to us. So don't be like us.
0: <laughs> happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. And, to, and you know, the next day is a massacre. So at Yeah,
1: so the next day is a massacre, <laughs> so at least they have recovered somewhat from yes. this horrible situation, putting life in context. Anyway.
0: Uh, do you think anybody at Jonestown watched this special, and then the next day the cops showed up, and they were like, oh, thank God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> You do not cut that from this show. That was great.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, I was just about to say I'm cutting that fucking joke. No, you're not. No, you're
1: not.
2: You're keeping that shit in.
1: That was amazing. Um. Yeah, we're not trying to be offensive. We're just trying to be funny. Because, good lord, we
0: don't we don't have to try to be offensive. That just That's comes
1: effortless. <laughs> it's so effortless. Um, it's like
0: breathing. Yeah. Oh my so, God.
1: Uh, hey, Steph. Speaking of offensive, yeah. Look, this is uh-huh. going to be our last podcast of the year. <laughs>
0: It is in fact we got this one and then you know it's Christmas and it's New Year's and stuff and we will be back at you like right at the beginning of the new year with getting back into clone wars but yeah this is our last podcast of 2021.
1: Yeah and I want to take a t- take a moment to thank everyone who has listened to yeah. us. I mean a year ago oh did we think a lot of people would be listening to the show? No. no, no, no way, no way. Um, certainly,
0: certainly not a small army of really cool and much funnier than us people. Yeah, like so, you guys uh, are awesome.
1: Yeah, for real. And don't start your own podcast. I would hate to. Yeah, back off. I would nope. hate to have to do something to you. I'm kidding. We only
0: like you as long as you're not competing with us. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, there's no, there's no competition. You know, something I've learned. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. he didn't mean that in the bitchy way what he means is we are not competitive amongst yeah, ourselves podcast. You in the Star Wars to, podcast yeah, world you can,
1: you can listen to everybody and there's no competition it's totally cool uh, mm-hmm. but that was one thing I did want to stick out. Uh, point out was um, I've really uh, loved and enjoyed getting to uh, not just have a community of ourselves but also cross. Mm-hmm. you know Venn diagram cross communalized is that a word I don't know uh, no
0: I'm not sure what you're saying Cross-contaminate, uh,
1: cross-contaminate. Like, like probably like cross-contaminate. Does probably like
0: Mala with her raw meat covered arms?
1: Oh god! We will ne- <laughs> okay, first of all, we will never speak of this again.
0: Are you putting a moratorium on the holiday special? We're putting a moratorium
1: on the holiday it. special. <laughs> it's dead to <laughs> <laughs> uh, But no, I, I just wanted to say it's been super. It's been super awesome to like. Meet other people that do something along the same line as us. Put out a podcast, create content. There's a lot of cool people that make podcasts, YouTube videos uh, on TikTok. People make some amazing shit that I Mm -hmm. can't even imagine or conceive of how you do it. Um, And just thank you. That's it. That's all I have to say. That's awesome. It's awesome to be a part of this, and we can't wait to do a lot more. Right, Steph?
0: Yeah, so, uh, is this where you, do you wanna, do you wanna tell them? Do you wanna tell them? I suppose it's They've time. They've sat with us for this fucking long. They've sat with us for over two hours on this fucking fiasco. We should, we should tell them, we should tell them.
1: Yeah. well no, you were say you were, you were gonna say it.
0: Oh, is it me? Okay, yeah. so, um, <laughs> hey, <clears throat> hey everybody. So, you know what we've been doing, and I've, I've really, uh, enjoyed working with, uh, one of my best friends in the world. Oh, me? Yeah, that's you. And, uh, and going through this whole uh, Star Wars story in chronological order has been really fascinating. Um, and, and just getting to share it with everybody. So we're actually going to expand our scope. And uh, in 2022, coming at you next year, we are going to start a spinoff podcast, we will have another show within the Divas umbrella. And we're not going to be going through Star Wars for this one. Christopher, what are we going to be going through?
1: gilmore girls
0: <laughs>
2: <No>! <laughs>
0: that is untrue untrue stricken from the record no 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 no, no. veto veto no yeah, no we're not I, doing that that's no, what no, i get no. for letting you talk no that's what i get for including you absolutely not no get shut up no that's what i get for throwing you the mic and being like hey chris talk you fucking trapped me into shit no there will not okay, be gilmore okay
1: girls. Can, I, can i please uh take a step back there is a saying you used to always say you can't blame uh, you can't blame a puppy for having four feet. Or four, <laughs> right? Or four paws, whatever it is.
0: No, you're absolutely correct. You put, yeah, me, did. You
1: put me in a fucking position where I was going <laughs> to say something funny. And I took it. So what are you going to do? No, uh, can't so
0: blame a dog for having four feet. That's yep.
1: it. Uh, so y'all, uh, listen. Um, Steph and I are huge nerds. There are things outside True. of Star Wars we love. And uh, you may have noticed from time to time that there's another universe that we do talk about a bit. Uh so mm-hmm. we are going to be doing a MCU uh podcast very soon. Uh yep. it's going to be our second podcast, which means Stephanie's going to be so busy.
0: Yeah. And
1: my yeah. I'll 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 keep you in my thoughts when I'm at Disneyland, but uh <laughs> can kill
0: you oh my god i hate you so much (sighs) okay so yeah uh look for that uh we will you know have uh, obviously this particular announcement was super organized and thought out ahead of time um we will have more details as they emerge but uh keep an eye out for that in 2022 we will be uh giving the mcu the dark side divas treatment yeah gonna be fucking great
1: it's gonna be fucking great and i can't uh and i'm very excited to do some marvel stuff very soon but don't worry uh dark side divas is definitely coming gonna be in 2022 uh full force we got a lot of 2022 <laughs> uh-huh. um,
2: 2022
1: i don't know why my mouth is so did fucking
0: that. manic bitch this, this is this is all over the map now but uh no dark side divas isn't going anywhere we're doing both. yeah for sure we're doing both we're doing both for sure but yeah
1: anyway so like and we're going to be doing the youtube show and Mm -hmm. uh yeah and also on social media we're going to do a lot more stuff so yeah that's about it
2: yeah
0: stick with us guys it's going to get real interesting real fast so do we have anything else we want to talk about no i'm so so fucking
1: tired and i I, I, i'm i'm traumatized i want
2: to go to bed (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, so, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for sticking with us through this journey.
1: The caffeine has Uh, worn uh, off for both of us, just (laughs) FYI. That's what's happening.
0: Absolutely. My Frappuccino wore off several minutes ago, in (laughs) case you couldn't tell. Okay, okay. Thank you for sticking with us. We really appreciate it. If you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, you absolutely can. You can find us on all the social medias. We are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the TikTok as at Darkside Divas.
1: Yeah, and you can also find us on any podcast platform of choice, be it iTunes, Spotify. Hey, speaking of Spotify, there's a new ratings uh, feature on Spotify. Oh, my God, there is. So so if you listen to us on Spotify, and at least 64% of you do, according to Anchor Analytics. Holy shit. Right? uh, Please give us a rating, especially a five-star rating, because I I just really want it. Uh, So uh, that would be super cool. But yeah, we can be found on pretty much any podcast platform, and that's it. Just listen to us. Check us out. We're awesome. Yeah.
0: God, we hope so.
1: Also, we have a YouTube (laughs) channel, Dark Side Divas. Just go to YouTube.com, search Dark Side Divas, and you'll find us. We do uh, Q&A. We get a lot of questions from our listeners, and uh, sometimes we address them. (laughs) But uh, nonetheless, it's just Steph and I being silly and whatever
0: yeah we're just being awkward on camera it's a good time um i think i think that's it that's it are we done
1: i we're fucking done i'm done i'm done i'm done you can can keep recording
0: i'm gonna run away now (laughs) okay bye guys bye i love you